Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. It's Aloha Friday already with the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Okay, let's everybody calm down. It's Aloha Friday. Don't speed into work, especially if you're around the IAEA area, because that's where, for some reason, everybody loses focus. So we'll have an update for you coming up again here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, what a day it was yesterday in sports. And uh, three things you need to know. Well, the Nuggets as many expected, win game one in the NBA Finals. It looked rather easy for them early on at the end of the third quarter, 21-point lead. I actually turned the channel for a little bit, and then 11-0 run by Miami later made it a little interesting. I never had the sense, though, after the beginning of the game, halfway through the first quarter, that Miami could win this thing. They were just out of sync, and uh, our guys on Denver were contributing for them. Miami just could not hit a shot. Yeah, uh, let's see. The Big West All-Conference Baseball team was announced. Uh, congratulations to our uh, first, second, uh, first and second teams and honorable mentions. Yeah, Harry Gustin, who you know came back from the injury, he makes first team. I'm hoping he comes back next year for selfish reasons. The draft will determine that. But also Harrison Bodendorf, this freshman, since not really sensation, but had a really good freshman year at least for Hawaii, doing a lot of things out of good things out of the bullpen. First team. I was hoping Matt Wong might make that. Still second team, pretty good for Matt Wong. Ten home runs and three players on the honorable mention list. So all in all for a team that finished in fifth place, not too bad with the six players named. Who are the players named on the honorable mention list? Stone Meow uh, on our show a few days ago. Jacob Igawa, who led the team in Big West play, I believe, with a three fifty six batting average. And Kyson Donahue had a great start to the season, struggled a little bit down the stretch, had those seven home runs. He also makes honorable mention. Yeah, I thought Kyson Donahue would at least be a second teamer. But anyway, it is what it is. Congratulations to all the award winners. Uh, and finally, it was announced uh, during the uh, NBA game yesterday. I think it was at halftime. I can't remember that uh, Adam Silver uh, will be commenting, uh, not commenting, he'll be, he'll announce, basically he'll announce what the punishment is for John Morant after the uh, NBA Finals yesterday. Uh, I, yeah. I am, after the NBA Finals are done. I am glad he's not doing it during the final. Some sports like might want to get the attention more the better and not wait. Uh, well, I'm glad he's yeah. waiting not to be a distraction, as he said, to the NBA Finals. That's a sign of respect. You get the sense, though, where, I mean, they got all the information. The way he was saying things is that this is going to be pretty severe, which is mo what most people think. And I, one of the questions asked to him, Chris, was really interesting when somebody asked, do you think the eight-game suspension the first time around was too lenient? And he said, in hindsight, yes. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he obviously knows how serious this is, but in saying that, you get the sense – that this is going to be at least half a season, if not a full season of suspension for John Murray. That's what I think. 
Say that last part again. I think but what he said that the eight-game suspension was too lenient in hindsight for John Moran instead of maybe a longer suspension the first time around. To me, and I think others, you get the sense that this time around it will be very severe. And I'm not talking 15, 20 games uh, because it's so quick after the first offense. I think it's going to be something along the lines of half a season or mm. a full year. Although, you know, somebody like J.J. Reddick brings up a great point. You know, he didn't commit a crime. Still, though, he broke a morals clause, and maybe the first time around after the suspension, he was warned and still does it again. So I can understand a long suspension. It it wasn't necessarily a morals clause as much as it's just an NBA rule. It's a rule in the NBA you can't play with handguns. Uh, Jay Williams from um, uh, the morning show here had an interesting comment, and this is what I take, this is the big takeaway uh, for me is what Jay Williams and uh, I think Kendrick Perkins also said this morning. Listen to this. Adam will go out of his way to help players. Just look at the history. Everything that's happened with Donald Sterling, look at the way he rallied around the league. Everything that's happened with Robert Sarver in the Phoenix Suns, he's rallied around the league. He's been player-centric, and he's also been known to be more lenient, way more than David Stern has ever been. So when I'm hearing Adam delay whatever the announcement is, not to bring further attention, understanding his history. Also, Adam is great at parsing his words. He's a lawyer, so he's so descriptive. When I hear a fair amount of additional information, I get even more concerned for John Moran. <laughs> uh, again, Keyshawn, Will, uh, Jay Will, and Max is where that's from. I just said the morning show. I got corrected very sternly uh, by Tanner. No, thank you, Tanner. But... Um, I, I think I heard it in there, but what I was get, and I was reading my text, I got a little distracted towards the end. the The key takeaway from what Adam Silver said yesterday is that uh, they've uncovered a fair amount of additional information. That's a little scary. There, it's uh, you know what we we've, there's a lot more that we found out about this. It's not looking good. We'll announce it after the NBA Finals. And, of course, you don't want to mention it during the NBA Finals. Like you said, it's a, it's a distraction. Why are you going to distract negative, the positive part about your sport, the championship, with something negative about, you know, guys uh, carrying around guns, even though, even though the, the player's a liar, said he wouldn't do it again, did it pretty quickly. Is, but... Like you said, and like a lot of people have said, is, okay, you didn't break a law, okay, but you broke an NBA law. Is a full season of punishment what he should get? 808-296-1420, our number to text or call in. I don't know that you need to, I don't know that even a half season or full season suspension is the way to go i don't i think that's i think it's too much i i I think the punishment doesn't fit the crime but what if he does it again you know what i mean if the punishment isn't severe enough what if he does it again 
And that the last part of the last statement you made is one of the reasons I feel it should be at least 40 games or 42, 41 games is half a season, if not the whole season. Because again, when you know he gets an eight-game suspension, and people might have thought that's kind of severe. Maybe people think it didn't, thinks it wasn't. But he does it again right after, a month later. Right. So obviously he didn't learn his lesson, and like you said, he lied to us, saying all the right things, so to speak, after the first offense. Well, he didn't lie to me. <laughs> well, but but he but he lied about you know not doing it again and the rehab help. He's got to change who he is as a person, all the right things, and then he's in a car in that video a month or so later. And when you know, to all of us, all we know about is that video. That's all we know because we saw it, we read about it, and all that. So for Adam Silver to say additional information really makes you wonder what additional information can there be except that video, which again, as you said, makes it sound worse. I think also you've got to send a message not only to the rest of the league, rest of the players, but mm. you can't get away with a repeat offense of something those so serious. With all the violence in this country right now, and you're going to have an NBA player get 15, 20 games for waving a gun for the second time, I, I don't see how you can justify that. So that's one of the re- all those reasons combined is why I think it should be and probably will be a half a season or longer. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I, you know, I've heard and I, I turned on first take this morning. And, uh, you know, one of the thoughts from Kendrick Perkins was that uh, – you got to get out of Memphis. You know, get out of Memphis, get away from these people. I mean, he was saying something about the, the rap community and all of that in Memphis is really bad. I, I've never heard of that, but, of course, why would I? But, um, you know, maybe a change of scenery is something that the guy needs. And I thought, okay, that's a, that's a little too much. You know, if you're John Morant, it's like, oh, please trade me. Uh, take it out on the rest of the, the the organization for my mistakes because I'm just not mature enough to handle myself. And if it's his, I mean, it is his friends. I don't know how many of them are from his high school or upbringing. I believe he grew up somewhere around Carolina, but not too far from Memphis, I guess. But let's say he gets traded to Portland, just as an example, far away. I mean, those guys could all go there. I mean, if when Allen Iverson left right. Philly, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of his friends, uh, whatever you want to call them, they went to Denver, I believe, as well. So he can travel there, but maybe just because of the atmosphere in Memphis. And I've heard more more often than not recently that it is kind of a violent place in certain areas. And I guess any city could have that. Something's got to give, but I think it starts with John Morant. I mean, like some people have suggested get rid of these friends. They're not your friends. And I've heard guys like Barkley and maybe Shaq say things like that. That makes sense. But that's easier said than done. Yeah, maybe they're a bad influence. But if you grew up with these guys for 15, 20 years of friendship, you're not going to just, you know, dump them because of something like this necessarily, even if oh, it might be the good thing, to, might be the right thing to do to others. Yeah, I, I, it's, you know, the, again, and it's kind of an old uh, comment, but it comes it comes back full circle and rears its ugly head is this guy has everything to lose in the world and absolutely nothing to gain from all of this from waving guns part of the uh, the culture of growing up i guess where he did and in um some of these cities is you have to be loyal to your friends it's loyalty for life you pledge it and it's, you know, it's these guys had your back when you needed them growing up. So now that you've cashed in, you got to have their back. That's just that's just the game they play. And I wish that for some reason you could, you know, so basically what you have is a bunch of yes men standing around yeah. supporting him. Hey, yeah, you know, you know, 
don't listen to the man and all of that. So they're probably not helping him out a lot. But if they were his friends, they'd say, hey, dude. I mean, they they <laughs> they got to realize that their gravy train is shut down if he is shut down. I don't think they think that far in advance. Probably not. And, I mean, what I was interested in, when he came back from the eight-game suspension and rehab and his first home game in Memphis, they gave him a standing ovation. And I wondered if that they just supported him no matter what he did yep. or is it because he said the right things about straightening out his life or a little of both. But it was a little surprising to see the amount of people seemingly that were in favor of him and supporting him with that standing ovation after what he did. I wonder what it would be like the next time he plays a home game, if and when he does. I'm sure he will at some point. Right. And I don't wonder. I'd love to actually hear sports talk radio in Memphis right now or, you know, yesterday afternoon. Um, well, it would have been last late last night. So Sports Talk Radio this morning in Memphis, what they're saying. Because, they, they look, he is their star player. He's their Magic Johnson. I mean, he seems like a great young man. And this comes out, and they go, oh, yeah, you know, with today's culture, and, you know, the, it's an NBA culture as well, it seems to be, that, oh, you know, we give the guy a break. He's young and, and all that. Hey, you know what? We, you went through a lot. You sounded real sincere, but yeah, you're right, Gary. Okay, now you've done it again. Okay, now you're messing with our franchise. We're fans of the Memphis Grizzlies, so you, you know what I mean. I'm with Justin Timberlake right now. Is I think he's a part owner. Justin Timberlake is not going. Oh, we'll give you a second chance. And it would be a third chance, basically. Now, and remember, last August, less than a year ago, yeah, third he had that he had that gun incident at his house with a neighborhood basketball player who came over, pick up basketball, oh. and an argument uh, ensues. And John Morant went in his house and got his gun. Now he admitted that. Was that the, but he, was that the one where they were playing trick or treat in his yard? Or, I mean, no. uh, hide and seek in his yard, or that I, was somebody else? No, this was a, a pickup game where the guy was invited, supposedly a good player, and mm-hmm. an argument happened. Now John Morant said the guy had a gun first; it was in self defense. I don't know about that, but John Morant did admit he went in his house and pulled out a gun and, I guess, pointed it, threatened, whatever he did. But there was a third <laughs> gun incident in less right. than one year. So he's a little bit of a hothead, maybe, too. A hothead with a gun. That's a little dangerous. Here's what you do. When you're playing basketball, I'm guessing it's an outdoor court because he went into his house. Hmm. Uh, you're, you're playing basketball. There's an argument. Uh-oh, that guy has a gun in his waistband or something. I'm going to go into my house. And you know what? Just stay there. You don't need <laughs> yeah, yeah. to grab a gun and go outside. Again, everything to, everything to lose, nothing to gain. He, he doesn't get that yet. And you would think you have to be a pretty smart guy to be where he is in life. I mean, everything. I mean, here's the scary part, too, is how are we doing on time? All right, we'll have a traffic update in a moment here. But here's the scary part, too, is that not only do other Young people look up to John Morant. Here's a guy whose new shoe came out, and it sold out in 48 hours. That's how popular he is. Um, but he, a lot of NBA players look up to John Morant. Now, I'm not talking about Kevin Durant and and uh, 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 Nikola Jokic and, and these guys. But there's a lot of young NBA players that want to be John Morant. They want John Morant to like them. They want, they're, they're, you know what I mean? They see yeah. John Morant do this, and they're like, hey, that's the way to go, man. I, I got I to gotta get myself a gun because that's what the cool people are doing. That's the scary part, and I think that's, like you said on the onset, 
That's what Adam Silver has to look out for. Also, I think just the branding, which I don't think should be his main concern. I'll give you the example of why I say that. Michael Wolbon came out, I believe, after the first incident and told his son, we're not going to have John Morant, and he admitted it on the yeah. show, yeah, we're yeah, not going to yeah. have any John Morant shoes or anything in this house. We're not buying any of that stuff. How many other people are not going to buy? And I have a John Morant shirt that I haven't worn since, and it's no big deal, but I think there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to stop buying his merchandise, his shirt, now, his shoe. Yeah, I'm not worried about you. You going out and getting a handgun, so you can wear the shirt. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just don't have to. I mean, I love this guy. Uh, Michael Wilbon's son. How old is Michael Wilbon's son? He's a teenager. He's not a young guy. I think huh? he's a teenager. I think he's a teenager. I don't know what age. Oh, okay. But... It's like Al Pacino, his, yeah. his girlfriend, his 29-year-old girlfriend is pregnant. And he's 83. Oh, boy. But that just kind of indicates that there's probably other people thinking the same way. And that's not the important factor, the most important factor. But, I mean, his image has taken a big hit. Once is bad enough. Twice? No, 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 no. This is not a mistake. This is not something where it's out of character. It's showing his true character. Now we know. There's no more excuses or lies that we're going to go, me at least, and I think many of us are going to buy. He, he's just kind of like damaged goods right now. And, I, again, maybe a year suspension will wake him up. Maybe it, I th- when I first heard those rumors, I think that's too much as well. But more so, I think that maybe that's fitting. You got to really send a, st- a stern message to him and to everybody else. This is totally unacceptable. Remember when the NFL changed their policies and rules for domestic assault because of Ray Rice and Greg Hardy and some of the others? They couldn't have. Well, you just get suspended a little bit. You do it again, you could get a year suspension if not more. And you have to take a stance. I think the NBA with guns and especially in these times with the violence around the country has to do something similar you got to make if you're caught with a gun illegally whether it's on an instagram video or whatever at a strip joint in denver you're going to get well, a this year wasn't suspension. illegally this wasn't illegally well uh, it was against nba rules but it uh, wasn't against the law i guess that, illegally would cover both right anyway yeah that, but the point but if, if, you, if you're doing it in a way like that you've got to get a strict suspension automatically so maybe players will think twice about it. Because other players, young players are going to try to imitate. That's why Michael Wobon, I assume, did it. He didn't want his son, you know, trying to imitate, uh, emulate or whatever, uh, John Morant and be like him in every way. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. You wanted to be like Michael Jordan. You want to be like LeBron James. You want to be like Kobe. But those guys didn't get a, they didn't get suspended for things like this. They didn't been involved in scandals. John Morant, I'm sure he has a ton of fans around the league. How could he not? And you don't right. want them we gotta impersonating get a, him. We, we got to get a traffic update here. Sorry about that. Okay. And uh, you said you want to be like Mike. Did you hear that real quick, the sidebar real quick? Did you hear that quote? Maybe we have that available, Tanner, from yesterday about Scottie Pippen talking about Michael Jordan, how he was a horrible basketball player and a horrible teammate before the rest of the team arrived. Did you hear that yesterday? Oh, no. See if they, see if you have that, Tanner. It's, it's quite interesting. But, uh, okay, so there you are. Good talk about guns here on National Gun Awareness Day, by the way, on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, coming up, we do have uh, more on the NBA Finals. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, Larry Kruger from the Pig Pickle Krug Show. Uh, it's a podcast on YouTube and Spotify. He's going to join us uh, on uh, San Francisco Sports a little later on this hour here. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM. And 14.20 a.m. Oh, oh, before we go to break, how about putting a little south in your mouth this Aloha Friday at Dixie Grill's Sandwich Fest? Pulled pork burgers, southwest chicken sandwiches, 
catfish sandwiches, grilled pulled pork sandwich, and a lot more. Grilled pulled pork sandwich on Texas toast. (laughs) It's this month only at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Okay, I want to get into the NBA Finals. Oh, you know what? We, uh, you know, one of our uh, top things to know is uh, we should say congratulations to uh, former Iolani Raider J.J. Mandiquit. Uh, you probably maybe saw this last night. He made the under-16 national team in basketball. So congratulations to the family, and uh, go get him, J.J. It's Chris Hart and Gary Dickman here on ESPN Honolulu on this Aloha Friday morning. Uh, weather today is going to be mostly sunny. We've got a couple of showers here and there, but nothing real serious. Um, let's see. Okay, so before we get into the NBA Finals, <laughs> we can't find the clip. They played it on uh, one of the midday shows here on our radio station yesterday. And um, <laughs> Scotty Pippen said that before the Chicago Bulls, I'm paraphrasing, basically what he said was before the Chicago Bulls were a team, Michael Jordan wasn't a very good player. He says to go back and, and look. Uh, when Before, you know, the rest of the, I guess, Scottie Pippen and everybody arrived, I guess, or what, whatever it was, when Michael Jordan was by himself, he was a horrible teammate. I mean, he was a horrible player. And then when he played with him, he was a horrible teammate doing all the one-on-one things. And he's come out and just bashed Michael Jordan for some reason uh, over and over again lately. You've heard this kind of stuff from him, right? Yeah, he's been praising LeBron James more than Michael Jordan, yeah. comparing the two in recent months. And, yeah. you know, just talking about that factor doesn't seem as appreciative as he once was with his Hall of Fame speech. He said, you made me a better person, a better teammate. I saw that clip last night. So Scotty's kind of uh, changing his tune for whatever reasons. Okay, okay, okay. Now, listen to what Stephen A. Smith said on the, his podcast, The Stephen A. Smith Show. It was great. You that mad, Scotty? Is it personal? Is it just about basketball? Is it about the son dating the ex-wife? I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying you wearing your bitterness on your sleeve for a reason. It ain't cool. It ain't right. It's beyond wrong. And whether you like it or not, it's total betrayal. <laughs> is, is, it, is that over? <laughs> You're wearing your bitterness on your sleeve. I just became Stephen A. Smith's number one fan. <laughs> You're wear- is it? It's not cool. It's not right. You're wearing your bitterness on your sleeve. It's <laughs> a great impersonation. I love Stephen A. now. I think there are people that probably agree with Stephen A. Because of, I mean, how could you how could you not be praising Michael Jordan for helping you get those six rings? Mm. And to say he was a bad player, no, he was a great player his freshman year at North Carolina. 
Now, I might have not have been a great teammate. You saw the last dance. You saw some instances, even though he made up with you. I didn't see it. What what, what are some of the instances? Just some of the things where he would really get on teammates heavily. Uh, He punched Steve Kerr in the face after a scrimmage, but they weren't keeping (laughs) the score. He he was that competitive. So if he says he wasn't a great teammate, that we're not really aware of unless you see the last dance or know what went on behind the scenes. But to say he wasn't a great player, and again, the comparison. This is horrible. The word he used was horrible player yeah. before the rest of yeah. us arrived and made it a team <laughs> they didn't have playoff success before pippen and others but don't and they, they they were an okay team they weren't you know the top bottom three uh, i believe they made the playoff i know they lost to the celtics the one year he had 63 in a game overtime game still that's i mean i don't, I don't it bothers me a little bit just because the basketball fan and those bulls teams were so great i rather think they were you know good friends great friends or got along rodman is rodman for, for scotty pippen to act this way, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's more to this story, but it also seems like you don't want to hear these things because of how great their team uh, was, as a, you know, the two three-peats, having all that success, and now you're hearing this years later, why, Scotty, why? Well, that's why, I mean, for whatever reason, he's, like, really upset at Michael Jordan. Maybe he, maybe he ran out of money and somehow he's taking it out on the world. And why would he... It, so Michael Jordan's son, one of his sons, is it Jeffrey? I think is it's Marcus. Jeffrey? I think it's Marcus, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I didn't think Marcus would do it. So Marcus is going out with, is involved with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife? Yes, who I believe is a real housewife of maybe Beverly Hills. I've never watched those shows. And <laughs> I've seen their names in print in, you know, the last couple of months. Yes. Supposedly they got Michael's blessing. I don't know about Scotty's. <laughs> you're wearing your bitterness on your sleeve oh uh okay coming up in a few minutes uh we're going to talk uh with uh our very special guest what are we talking to uh krug about larry kruger today we'll talk a little bit about the golden state warriors what's next with bob meyer their president and gm stepping down and also the 49ers some interesting comments he and others have had about brock purdy and his arm strength so we'll talk about the niners otas and the warriors okay so okay so that's coming up in a few minutes here on espn honolulu i promise we're going to get to the nba finals uh it's been 30 minutes but we'll get into that after that coming up here on espn honolulu now i mentioned uh, earlier, it was a National Gun Awareness Day. It's also, wait for it, wait for it, National Donut Day. <laughs> oh, the first Friday in June can't come around fast enough. In fact, if you guys on Maui are listening, you can go to the uh, Krispy Kreme locations and get a free donut. How about that? I heard about that. I still don't understand why we don't have a Krispy Kreme on Oahu. Not that I can eat that stuff anymore, but, you know, I like to watch other people enjoy donuts, I guess. <laughs> Maui got a raisin cane before us. Uh, I think they got a couple of places before us in recent years, some of these food mm. places. Now, according to legend, donuts used to be called dough, two words, dough knots, because they look like knots. Uh, they started out as fried balls of dough. It's like, I guess, like a malasada, but it always came out mushy in the center. Like sometimes when you they don't cook the malasadas all the way through. Yeah. Anyway, so some guy said, hey, some genius goes, hey, let's make a hole in the middle. And so the, it cooked more evenly. And we've been celebrating National Donut Day ever since from 1938. The Salvation Army made and sold donuts to raise money during the Depression. 
you remember the famous line from Caddyshack by Bill Murray near the beginning where he says, a flute without a hole is not a flute, and a donut without a hole is a Danish. <laughs> on that note, uh, let's see, we'll be right back here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Gary Dickman and Chris Hart on this Aloha Friday morning. We have a lot more NBA coverage with the NBA Finals that we'll get to a little bit later. But we are going to talk some NBA, more specifically the Golden State Warriors. Also some 49ers talk as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. He is the host of the Pig Pickle Krug Show on YouTube and Spotify. Also a host on 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area. Back with us, Larry Kruger. Larry, great to have you on. I want to start with the Golden State state warriors what is the deal with bob meyer their president and gm some call him the architect of the four championships the golden state warriors have recently won on the outs now leaving um time to move on he said what are your thoughts on that well i mean it's unfortunate um you know that he's that he's deciding to walk away um you know if you take him at his word, um, he wants to spend more time with his family. But I think there's plenty of indications that, um, you know, that there probably are other reasons, you know, that have nothing to do with his family, that he's actually walking away. And that's kind of what I believe. I think there's enough evidence out there of potential fractures between Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, maybe some friction between Bob Myers and the owner, Joe Lacup. Um, Joe Lacob, I believe, wants to have his children, um, you know, more prominent in the basketball side of the operation. I think Joe himself is very prominent in the basketball side of the operation. And I think Bob Myers, you know, it would be very difficult for Bob Myers to trade guys that he really likes, like Draymond Green or Clay Thompson. And that may be, you know, on the table, and he may have pushed back on that. He also may just see that the Warriors are at the end of the run. One of the things that came out during this press conference where the owner also took the stage and kind of stole the show, stole the spotlight away from Bob on his day, which was a very curious PR decision-making there. But um, one of the things that came up is that Bob calls, you know, Joe a ton or Joe calls Bob a ton, I should say. The owner is calling the general manager sometimes 15, 20 times in a day. <laughs> so that would wear that would wear anybody out. And Joe also stated, kind of like a petulant child in this post, in this presser, we will win. And it's like, okay, that's great. But in a sport like the NBA, when all your stars are 35 plus, you know, you're, you're probably not going to win. Uh, too much going forward, and maybe that's the reason Bob Myers left. So he really didn't, you know, he told us he he had to be 100% mentally and physically there for his family, but I get the sense that Bob Myers is going to work again, probably in the NBA, probably as a general manager with a different franchise. I think he was just tired of the owner and and <laughs> um, and maybe not wanting to face what was coming for this franchise. 
That's amazing. Imagine your boss calling you 15 times a day. Larry Kruger from the Pig Pickle Krug Show on YouTube and Spotify with the animals here. I mean, the other part of that that you kind of alluded to, Larry, is that maybe his son, Joe Lacob's son, could be the next president slash GM. But I know Mike Dunleavy Jr., former player, has a shot at that as well. Do you think it's going to be the owner's son, or does Dunleavy have a legit chance? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Dunleavy's never done the job either, so... It's either Dunleavy, you know, I really believe that if they were making the right move, they would go outside the organization for somebody who was really proven, like a Sam Presti from Oklahoma City or, you know, somebody like that with real credentials. Instead, they're either going to give Mike Dunleavy Jr. his opportunity to be a general manager, but he knows the score that, you know, Joe wants to be involved and that Joe's kids want to be involved, and he's either going to take the job with those guys involved and be the front man or he's going to push back on that and say he doesn't want that opportunity. In that case, he's probably leaving. Um, and, and you know, I would imagine one of the Lake of Sons, Kurt or Kent, will wind up, um, you know, running the team. I, to me, it, it's very similar to the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s, really, where you had Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson and, and you know, they, what do they say? A little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. And, Jimmy, you know, Jerry Jones had played – college football at Arkansas, so in his mind he knew football. And um, I think the Warriors will try to go down that same path. It's like, hey, you know, Kurt Lakeup, you know, one time worked in Stanford basketball, so so uh, you, know, <laughs> and, you know, now he knows enough to be the general manager of the team. So we'll see. I mean, you know, if you, at the end of the day, what are the what are sports franchises? They're they're fun toys for the for the you know wealthiest one percent. And I guess if you own it, you can do what you want. And Joe's got a lot of goodwill here because of the four titles. And now we'll see if he ruins it all by, you know, simply demonstrating nepotism. I'll, I'll give him two words of advice. Jim Buss from Jerry Buss. I don't think that part worked out. Jeannie Buss may be a little different, but Jim Buss didn't seem to be the answer. I think there are also questions, Larry, about this offseason for the Golden State Warriors. Will Draymond Green return? Will they at all try to move Jordan Poole? Um, I think Draymond Green would have returned. I don't know if he, with Bob Myers there, I don't know if he will. Um, you know, he could just leave in free agency if he wants, and they get nothing. He could re-sign, he could opt in. My guess is that he understands that his ticket to the Hall of Fame is a lot, in a lot of ways tied to staying. Now, some people might say he already has a Hall of Fame resume. To me, I think he has a borderline Hall of Fame resume. But um, I think he has a better chance of making the Hall of Fame if he stays than if he leaves. But, he, you know, he, it may have run its course. And as far as Jordan Poole, I do think they'll trade him. Um, and that's going to be an interesting trade because he makes $27 million um, in year one of a long-term extension that hasn't even begun yet. But I do think he's better elsewhere. Um, he's best when, when he's playing without Steph Curry, and Steph Curry's the best player on the team. So that's that's problematic. That was a, a, a poor signing on their part. It was a great draft choice. Yeah. If you give them that much money, it was a terrible decision. And now my guess is they will move him and kind of hit the reset. 
Right, that would make sense as well. We're talking with Larry Kruger from 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area, also the Pink Pickle Krug Show on YouTube and Spotify on ESPN Honolulu. Let's talk a little bit about the 49ers. Like a lot of teams, you have the first of the OTAs take place. And I know you would kind of talk on Twitter about Brock Purdy and some of the comments that he's a dink and dunk quarterback where John Lynch talks about him pushing the ball down the field. Talk a little bit about that whole, I guess, concept about what some people feel about Brock Purdy. Well, we're just, in a, we're just in a period of time now where anybody with a microphone can basically call themselves, you know, media, but they've never been to practice, they've never been to camp, they've never talked to a GM, a coach, a player, but they're just out there kind of spewing their opinions. And it was, you know, some of the YouTube content creators who, you know, are running, know, they know they want to park their car at the intersection of quarterback and quarterback. <laughs> but they just don't have a lot of content to go with. And so they've gone with, and there's a big push for, you know, because it's been, it's people are reading the tea leaves and seeing that the 49ers are clearly going with Brock as the starter. And there's a lot of people that are pushing back on that and want to see Trey Lance given an opportunity. And so they're just attacking Brock Purdy, despite the fact that he just came off of one of the best rookie seasons anybody's ever seen in the NFL from the quarterback position. And the way to attack him is to basically find out what is he, what is he good at, what's he not good at. Okay, he's not really doesn't have the the biggest arm in the league. We'll call him a dink and dunk guy. I just I've been hearing that, and then finally a couple of weeks ago in a live stream, I just pushed back and said, if you're if you're calling Brock Purdy um, a dink and dunk quarterback, one, it's a disparaging comment. Two. Why are you disparaging one of the best stories in the NFL right. <laughs> who led you to who never has lost a game that he started and finished, including multiple playoff games? And it's just a it's just a way for people who want Trey Lance to get in there. They're very frustrated. They have nothing they can point to that says that Trey should be in there. And 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 you don't just get playing time in the NFL based on potential. So they're they're they're, they're putting out this air yard stat and saying, oh, it reveals all, and, and the 49ers shouldn't go with Brock Purdy because you know their, their fr- frame of focus and point of reference is so limited, and their argument would be, well, Jimmy Garoppolo was hailed as the next Niner franchise quarterback five or six games in, and look what he became. He was very limited. So don't, you know, as with that as the backdrop, Brock Purdy cannot be – uh, you know, thought of as the Niners franchise quarterback, but we're talking about two different people with two different games. And I was at OTAs yesterday, and I asked Brian Gracie the question. I said, "What do you think of Brock's arm strength?" Um, in my mind, Brian, you know, he can—he's got requisite arm strength. He can make all the throws. He said, "For us, it's never been an issue." So I don't understand the debate. I don't participate in the debate. I don't get it, and I don't think there's anything to it. Kurt Warner and other football people have also push back on it it's really shouldn't even be addressed because it it was never brought up by anybody who's really credible yeah that really clears it up i mean reading the tweet you wonder if there's anything to it but the way you explained it it's just some people just trying to get some uh, click like you said or just get some stories out of nothing uh well football's not that far away and uh baseball continues giants not doing too bad we'll get into that next time we have you on larry always great to have you on talking bay area sports we appreciate your time we'll talk again i'm sure i'm sure this summer Sounds good. 
All right, thank you so much. Larry Kruger from the Pig Pickle Krug Show on YouTube and Spotify, hosting on 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area, joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. And how about this for OTAs, Chris? Yeah, uh, the practices that they had the other day, Trey Lance, 18 of 29, five drop passes. Sam Darnold, 21 for 28, four drop passes. Brandon Allen, though, 12 for 12 with no drop passes. Obviously, he should be the starter in week one. Yeah, that's a, that's how you do. I mean, when they're not, no one's rushing them, and they're you know in their uh, short pants, you know that hey, the, the guy's pretty good. Hey, who knows? You know what? He could be the next Brock Purdy in San Francisco. You could never, uh, you know, you, you never know. By the way, when you say Bay Bay Area, uh, he's uh, that station's in San Francisco. Uh, just in case people are thinking maybe it's somewhere else, but in the Bay, the Bay Area is kind of big, but. Uh, City of License, San Francisco. Hey, sound like a radio guy. City of License is San Francisco. Their metro area is. Okay. All right. Uh, finally, we can get to uh, yesterday's uh, NBA final game number one. That's coming up next. Also, some congrat- congratulations are in order for the Rainbow Wahine water polo team. That's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. But let's do, uh, before we get our traffic update here, athletes. With a capital EATS is a new show on our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com. Cole Mausoff is the host, and he sits down at Andy's Sandwiches and Smoothies and talks story with uh, Hawaii's, uh, speaking of Wahine, Ashley Toms and Kelsey Imai. Uh, Check it out. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Happy Aloha Friday. It's gonna be, it was hot yesterday. Man, it was up to like 87, 88 degrees. It's gonna be hot and partly cloudy today. High of about, I'm gonna guess around 86. Because whatever the weatherman says, add a couple of more degrees to it. Uh, trades 10 to 15 miles per hour. Watch out, might have some fog over the weekend too. So that's gonna mess up some people with uh, your allergies and things like that. All right. I want to say congratulations to three water polo players from the University of Hawaii. And I want to, but I can't. <laughs> I'm having computer issues right now. And, boy, that kind of whole blew, blew up the whole segment. You got anything there in front of you, Gary? Uh, yes, I will get it right here. Okay, the three named to the D1 All-American second team on Thursday. Uh, three na- Well, one name on the All-American second team. Yeah, and two on the honorable mention. For the second team, Bia Montalato-Diaz. Uh, she was named second team for. She was also mention- the Big West uh, Freshman of the Year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this honorable mention players: Alba Bonasuma Boik. Let me get it one more time. <laughs> Alba Bonasuma Boiks and Emma Van Rossum. Pronounced Bois. Bois. Okay, sorry. B O I X. Yes. Bois. Yes. And uh, 
Congratulations. I mean, they they always seem so close. They've had really good uh, performances in the Big West. I believe the last two years losing to Irvine in the Big West final, but they've gone to the national tournament in recent years. They've had a lot of success, so it's great to see some of their players getting that All-American recognition. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we wanted to say congratulations. Uh, we wanted to get into the, the finals going on. And, of course, um, we're talking about the NHL finals. Are they even <laughs> playing the hockey finals yet? It's called the Stanley Cup, and they start the hockey tomorrow. Finals. I like the hockey <laughs> finals better. Oh, it starts so. tomorrow? Yes. Uh, it's going to go opposite the NBA, of course, so they start tomorrow, yes. In, I believe in Las Vegas. Yeah, in Las Vegas they will start. All right. Let's go Knights. Now, uh, in Las Vegas, are the Vegas is Vegas the favorite? Who's the favorite? Wait, well, who's playing? The Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Yeah, okay, Flo- I got that much. Florida Panthers kind of like, well, definitely like the Miami Heat, a number eight seed out of mm. Florida making the finals of their respective sports. But, yes, Vegas is definitely the, the Vegas odds-on favorite for that. And what they say is the money line, I guess, is from 110 to to $110 for Vegas being the favorite, at least in game one. Wow. You know our friend Mike Kawazoi? He has season tickets to the Vegas Knights, but he's in Japan. What are you doing? You're not a real fan, Kawazoi. If you don't use those tickets, um, yeah, that'd be great (laughs) to see something like that in Las Vegas. But all right, let's get to the uh, NBA Finals. Okay, Game One. It, you know what? It looked like a lot of people thought it would, and maybe it's the uh, altitude. Maybe it's coming off of 72 hours of rest. The Miami Heat looked tired. They looked tired, although. I thought, I didn't know if they were going to win or not. About 10 minutes left. They were down by 21, and they they bring it, they, they get down by 10. They scored an, an 11-0 run. And I thought, oh, here we go, because the threes were starting to fall, which they weren't earlier in the game. Right. They, but they, it was not meant to be yesterday. Yeah, they dug themselves too deep a hole. You weren't going to come back from 21 down. But, you know, if you would have told me that Nikola Jokic would have taken three shots in the first half, I wouldn't have thought the odds were in favor of Denver. I didn't think they had their chances to beat them and beat them convincingly. Also, the big key, Miami, two free throws in the entire game, both yeah. in the first half. That's, I mean, that's impossible. I, had to, I mean, every even the Miami Heat players, so they, had, they looked at the stat sheet and had to give a double take. They couldn't believe they only took two free throws. you got to go to the rim. you got to attack. Now, Denver only committed eight fouls, which is the reason there were only two free throws. That's well, one well, of the keys and, right there. And the key is because, of course, uh, uh, according, because I don't notice this kind of stuff while I'm watching uh, or listening, but when uh, Jimmy Butler comes out and says, yeah, we got to go to the rim. We're not driving to the rim. That's one of the reasons, and, and you know you were the you know you were the visiting team, and sometimes that happens the visiting team, for whatever reason. But yeah, they 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 uh, you know they they weren't driving to the rim according to uh, Jimmy Butler. They were settling for the outside shot. And remember in Game Four, Lakers in Denver, Jokic got in foul trouble. He had four in the middle of the third quarter. He went out of the game for a while. And that's when the Lakers made their move. So my point is, if you can get, if you can get Jokic in foul trouble, it obviously increases your chances of having some success. That doesn't happen very often, but they just weren't aggressive. You got to get somebody in foul trouble. You got to take one guy out of their game. They did none of that. And again, Jokic. Six assists in the first quarter, of course, the triple-double. That goes without saying. But he only took he only had six shot attempts after three quarters. Right, because he, was, because he doesn't need to. And that's what he said after the game. It's like, I don't need to. It's like, sometimes I'm not, I'm not going to be the top scorer. I don't need to. I just, you know what? I'll pass it around. And these guys score. 
He, he, that's why he makes everybody better. Yep. Can you imagine a center? And I think I'm regurgitating this from somebody. But he's a center, and he's helping his team by being the best passer on the court. That's pretty crazy. It's incredible. His hands and just his court sense. The, my favorite part of the postgame press conference was when a reporter asked him, do you have any words that you talked to the team about before the game? And he paused for about five seconds, and I won't tell by my voice now because he didn't say anything. He nodded his head no. <laughs> he didn't even say anything. To say that he didn't say anything before the game to the team, he, he's so – soft-spoken he's not I, I like that about him i like that he's not so outrageous like some players like a dylan brooks he's the total opposite of a dylan brooks quiet and incredibly effective but then jamal murray did what he did but then the first quarter was really aaron gordon you know jamal murray gets his typical 26 but aaron gordon had 10 points in that first quarter right uh he was the one i mean when you said jokic wasn't shooting as we said he was passing the ball six assists but other guys stepped up michael porter for a while was shooting pretty well but aaron gordon who hasn't been that well that great offensively had that first quarter that kind of set the tone for that early lead which they really never looked back yeah and we'll get more on this uh coming up here on espn honolulu uh i'm gonna you know trying to check out the box score but here's something to think about luka Doncic. Or Nikola Jokic. Both seem to be unstoppable offensively, right? I mean, besides these two guys, is there anybody else in the league that's really unstoppable? I think Kevin Durant is unstoppable. Yeah, he stops himself a lot. I think James Harden used to be unstoppable. No, but I'm talking about now. Right now in the game today, I don't think Kevin Durant's there. I don't think he's unstoppable. I, I think anyway, I but the point the, is, yeah. the point is about how great Nikola Jokic is. Yeah, yeah. And you saw him yesterday. He's sitting there right there in the paint. And you're like, okay, he's going to fade away, and you're not going to be able to stop it. All right, uh, top three things you need to know. That's coming up next with the Sports Animals on this Aloha Friday on ESPN Honolulu. Here's three things you need to know. Congratulations to some Rainbow Warrior baseball players uh, named to the all-conference Big West teams. Yeah, I think the big one to me is Harry Gustin, the pitcher, had a great season after coming back from the injury especially. Uh, Only a sophomore, but he's draft eligible. He is first team all Big West. Had a great ERA under three in Big West play. Also, the freshman pitcher, Harrison Bodendorf, makes first team, and that was great to see as well. Really good season for him. Matt Wong, I think, had a chance at first team. I don't know who made it over him. Ten home runs for Hawaii. He is second team all Big West. Jacob Igawa, Stone Meow and Kyson Donahue, all honorable mention. Man, uh, all right. And uh, uh, on that first team, uh, I thought, oh, okay, we only got two guys in the first team. But then again, San Diego, who won the Big West, only had two guys. Uh, Santa Barbara had three. But it was pretty evenly split uh, around the league. I think it's Bodendorf. I'm going to double-check that. We've been saying Bodendorf. I think he pronounces his last name Bodendorf. Just, I don't know, just for future reference. And uh, hopefully there's a lot of future reference. Congratulations to former Iolani uh, uh, student, uh, J.J. Mandiquit, who's going to high school on the mainland now. 
Uh, he is picked to be part of the um, the national under-16 team. He's at the Real Salt Lake Academy in Utah. His sister goes there as well. Now, he's only a sophomore in high school, so he doesn't graduate for two more years. He's already gotten offers. Chaminade, Portland, Hawaii, Washington State, Stanford, Utah State. We haven't seen him in person in a while, but, boy, what a player he was a couple of years ago for Iolani. Great to see that on the national under-16 team for him. Is it called Real Salt Lake? I I. I'm not 100% sure. I know in Europe the soccer team is Real. I'm right. not sure if in Utah they do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Utah they probably do. But uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, congratulations, JJ. Uh, maybe we can get him on the show. That'd be kind of cool. We will definitely try. And, I, I again, I like the Hawaii offer there. I did see him at a UH game this past season. Uh, Derek Lowe is one of, I guess, has trained him in the past. So Derek knows a lot about him and has obviously spoken very fondly of his talent. Okay, uh, let's see. What else is going on? We've got, um, of course, uh, John Morant. Uh, we went into depth yesterday, uh, earlier uh, in the show. But looks like his uh, punishment will be doled out after the NBA Finals. Hopefully before the draft. We don't want to keep waiting out of curiosity. Uh, the draft is June 22nd. The finals will end at least a week or not longer before that. But I, I, I really think this is going to be a longer suspension not to make some people think it will be a year. I know there's going to be some complaining from fans if it is a year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by Adam Silver, the commissioner's comments yesterday about new information from the video, which seemed plain and simple. Uh, that only can mean worse things, I feel, for John Morant, and I think they have to send a stern message to the ah. fans to not emulate him and to players around the league don't get caught up in this kind of behavior. And other players around the league don't emulate him. You used the word stern a little while ago. Now, uh, it's been mentioned on the show by uh, Jay Williams on uh, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max that Adam Silver is known, has been known to be more lenient than David Stern. I wonder what the punishment would be if David Stern was still the commissioner of the NBA. You know, I, I, I thought about that when hearing the clip last hour, how much that meant. And I'm just thinking about this one little aspect of the two commissioners. David Stern, you might remember, late 90s, early 2000s it probably was, where he instituted a policy. You had to wear a college shirt, preferably a jacket, on the bench. And when going from plane to bus, and all, anyway, you, well, you might have been it was more than just It was more than just a collared shirt. Well, you wanted it was, a jacket. No, it was more than that. You couldn't wear your baggy pants with holes and uh, that kind of stuff. So he instituted a dress code if you're on the sidelines. And now you look at players on the sidelines with Adam Silver, and it doesn't matter to me, but Tyler Hero has been criticized by many for his choice of wardrobe on the bench. The other day he was wearing a hat backwards and some kind of weird shirt. Again, you can't so, wear a hat backwards? Well, I'm just saying it's What's so different. What's wrong with wearing a hat backwards? It doesn't look, you don't see, it doesn't look like you're very professional on an NBA bench dressed like that. And again, it doesn't really matter. It says me, old but it's a people. Big difference. It says old people. Tanner Hayworth, who is of the Generation Z, do you look at somebody wearing a hat backwards on an NBA bench and go, "What are you doing? How offensive!" All the time. I didn't say how offensive. Obviously, I'm kidding. But yeah, I don't yeah. think it. I think what Gary is talking about, though, is he has been criticized for his like. Uh, I think it outward just kind of crazy fashion choices. Mm -hmm. I think a l people are more being like, you don't look very good. Uh, oh, that's... Rather than, there. rather than being offensive, 
He's just more offensive to the eyes. <laughs> See, uh, under that same uh, criticism, then you would criticize somebody like Elton John. What are you wearing? Or a, oh, or that, a, might or be, a that might be hurtful to your eye as well. Or a Russell Westbrook pregame fit, you know, <laughs> like back in the days. It's just noticeable the difference. Adam Silver allows this where David Stern would not. And, and, and I think you should in today's day and age. Uh, okay, because if David Stern would be like, oh, sorry, guys, no neck tattoos. Uh, I mean, come on. Well, he didn't do that. But no, I, I mean, know, but I, what I'm saying code. is you can't, you, can't, you can't do that today. You can't I mean, have a taking, dress code? You're, yes, I don't think you can have a dress. Well, obviously you're not going to go there just wearing Speedos or something. But the point is that to telling somebody how to dress is something in uh, today's woke society that you don't do, especially in the culture of the NBA. You probably don't. Again, it doesn't really because it doesn't then because me. and then you're going to have you, the the cries of racism and all of that are going to come out. You probably, know, you want me to dress like uh, you want me to dress like this, and this is how I dress because this is how I'm comfortable. I mean, but as far as wearing a hat backwards, I mean, come on. I'm just talking you, about Tyler be, Hero. The other can you make the any of an other and any more of a get off my lawn old guy comment than that? Yeah. I, okay. Other Let's player, hear it. other you watch any player on the bench or just walking around from the locker room to the bus. This is again, this is just it's just an observation on how different it is from when David Stern was there. It doesn't bother me, but it's noticeable. But I think in a way you want to look professional. You, when you ever saw Michael Jordan after a game at the press conference wear anything but a suit and tie, and then you watch the guy today they're wearing whatever, and it, again, it right. doesn't bother me, but it's mm -hmm. not as professional. Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that, that, you know, wear wacky hats and things like that. But, you know, in Michael Jordan's time, there wasn't the baggy pant look, right? I mean, That's it was... The Fat Five were around back then. They had the baggy fashion, shorts. No, 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 no. The baggy pants look... Fashion was different in the late 80s than it is today. I'm talking 90s when he did this. Late 90s when they won their 3 P the second time. So 98 was his last year with Chicago. Okay, but anyway, I mean, and, and again, that's how Michael Jordan chooses to do it. But I don't look at Michael Jordan and go, look at the way he dresses, and look at this guy, look at the way that Jimmy Butler dresses. Who cares? Uh, again, it doesn't bother me, but it's noticeable. I just think it looks more professional. I mean, Kobe right, Bryant, I think, always dressed more like Jordan, too. All right, let's get into uh, um, he did a lot of things like Jordan. He, I mean, he did that on purpose, <laughs> uh, as Kobe did, and that's why. You know, you're talking about two of the greatest and most admired players of all time. Not just saying. Maybe the way, and like you're saying, maybe the way you conduct yourself, going back to John Morant, maybe the way you conduct yourself has a long way to go with your image. See, now, Tyler Hero is just a young gun. Now, if he's 35 years old in the league and he's still dressing like a circus clown, then, you know, I don't know what to say. But then and, again, there's Elton John. But that's a different different <laughs> occupation. Uh, well, I remember last year after a playoff game, Bam Adebayo was at the podium talking, and Tyler Hero walked up, and t uh, Bam looked at him and couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and Tyler was like, what are you, you're wearing this now? It was something like a striped outfit, like an ice cream man or something weird. And Bam just could not stop laughing at Tyler. Oh, I funny. thought that was funny. All right, sp let's get back to the game. Speaking yeah, of Bam yeah. Adebayo, I think he had a terrific game. For the Miami Heat, he had a double-double. He played all 40 minutes, uh, 13 of 25 field goals. Uh, he had – I'm sorry. 
Well, Chris, uh, NBA game is 48 minutes. Oh, okay. So he had, sorry about that, he had uh, most minutes on his team. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, 13 of 25 field goals and uh, 26 points, 13 rebounds. And, uh, I mean, he was the guy. Gabe Vincent had a pretty good game at 19 points. Jimmy Butler, not so much. Well, he, he look at Jimmy Butler compared to Gabe Vincent. Six of fourteen for Butler, seven of fourteen for Vincent. So there's not much different there except Vincent well, had a couple of threes. Vincent, well, five of Vincent was five of ten. I mean, I think he's fifty percent for the playoffs. The playoffs, period. Yeah, it uh, gave Vincent. He's doing a three. I mean, he's looking like Duncan Robinson should. Well, I think it, was, it might have been one of the last couple of games he was, he did not have a great game, but he's been really good for them. That's not the I'm, point. What I'm saying is what they said on the broadcast, he's averaging 50% for the playoffs. Wow. That's, that's pretty good. That's yeah, very that's good. Really very good. good. For Bam out of bio, even though his numbers look really good, there were several times, at least in that second quarter, where they were trying to get back in it, where he, he just couldn't make a shot, and I think part of it was Jokic on defense. There were just some guys where he just couldn't get a shot off and rush them. And you know, one of them, some of them were the mid-range jumpers, a couple of baseline shots. He still, overall, looking at his numbers, had a good game, but when they again, when they were trying to get back in it, he just had a tough time, just like everybody else. And three-pointers, they actually outshot Denver on three-pointers, 33% to 30%, which is something that Denver was so good yesterday without hitting the threes. But Denver shot a little bit better at 51%. That makes a big difference overall. Tell me about this cat, Haywood Highsmith, uh, bench player for the Miami Heat. Is that another? Is that another undrafted guy? Yeah, he's one of the undrafted wow. guys, and I looked him up earlier just to remember, try to remember where he went to school. Someplace called Wheeling in West Virginia, I believe. Wheeling Jesuit. Wheeling yeah. Jesuit, the name of the school, yeah. Never heard. It's not a D1 school, obviously, and I've seen his name in print. It was interesting that they went with him early on. He played at, I did the last couple of games, game seven 22? against the Celtics. He played right. the first half, too. 23 minutes, 18 points. So here you go. Here you go. You've got, and this is why you, this is why you cheer for the Heat. Besides AC Carter being an assistant coach, you have Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent. Uh, what's Struce's first name? Mark, Marcus, Marcus. Um, um, no, <laughs> no, not Marcus. Everybody up. Max, Max. Max. Sorry, Max. Sorry, Max Hayworth. Um, that's Tanner's brother's name. Sorry, Max Curran. That, that's Bobby's son name. And Struce was pretty bad himself yesterday. You mean Struess? Struess. The uh, so Struess, yeah. But okay, I'm talking about three undrafted starters on the team, and two main guys, at least uh, yesterday, off the bench, playing 21 and 23 minutes respectively. Duncan Robinson did not have a great game, but Duncan Robinson and and Haywood Highsmith from Wheeling Jesuit, five undrafted guys. Um, five undrafted guys making significant contributions in the game yesterday. You know, when it comes to the draft, which is coming up uh, later on this month, you know what the Miami Heat are saying right now? You know what Pat Riley's saying? Eh, we don't need no stinking draft. They'll just go out and pick a few guys that nobody else is looking at. That's crazy. That's it crazy is. numbers we're talking about right there. It, it is. I mean, when you think about how they're – and, again, it's not just this year. Last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, the bubble NBA Finals. Uh, so they've been a mainstay, even though they didn't have a great regular season. That's quite a feat. And it goes back to Eric Spolstra as well as Pat Riley drafting these guys. Pretty incredible. Okay, now, as far as uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, I'm not going to call him Jokovic anymore, although I think I did earlier today. But, anyway, 
Nikola Jokic, there was a bet in Vegas that you could take, and I don't remember what the odds were, but in Vegas you could take a bet that he would get a uh, triple-double. I was going to say triple-triple. He scored 100 points with 103 rebounds and 200 (laughs) assists. Maybe in that cartoon movie. Uh, with Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan, I can't remember. Space Jams, Space Jams, Space Jams. But okay, so there's a bet that every game in the series that he plays, if he gets a triple double, then you get some big payout. Well, he started it yesterday with a triple double after taking how many shots in the game? Five, twelve. Oh, that hog cheese. <laughs> Uh, he'd been a triple-double machine. The game I went in Brooklyn, he had a triple-double in the third quarter. I mean, who does that as a center? I mean, the guy, and he, had a, he, he didn't lead the league in assists, but he was, you know, up near at the top. For a guy that scores as much as he does, you don't usually see that. I remember back in the day a guy named Tiny Archibald, Nate Archibald. Oh, sure. He led the league in scoring and assists the same year. That's almost impossible. Jokic isn't that far off from that, but he's a center. He's not supposed to do that, and he's not flamboyant. Uh, he hardly talks during the game. He's I the love everything about fl- him. He's the opposite of flamboyant. Yeah, I-, I love everything about his game and his personality. That he's not trying to show off. He's just, he's really fun to watch, as we like to say, but he is that great of a player. He's already going down. His, he's got to be a top 75 player of the NBA by the time he's done, I would say, at least, if not now. I don't That's know. Two time, two time MVP should have been three times already. Hey. Uh, you, you, we talk about all the free agents. Here's a second round draft <laughs> voice, uh, choice. Uh, pick number 41. What were forty other people thinking? Now he didn't. He didn't come on the NBA, and uh, you know, start be when he first came to the league. He wasn't the Jokic, Jokic we see now, right? I mean, he worked at it. It's you look at him, and the uh, for some reason he's always wiping his nose. That's why it's red. Stop touching your nose. I'm sorry, I got off track a little bit. Do you notice that? He's, he's Actually, red, yes. He's, his, during the interview, he's like, okay, stop. Okay, don't blow your nose for a sec. Stop. He's very well shaven, too. That's a good shave, I can tell. Well, that, that's good. But um, the the whole thing with him is they keep saying how in what incredible condition he is. His conditioning is unbelievable. He's in great shape. It doesn't look it, which is crazy, but he is with the minutes he plays and how hard he plays. He played in all 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He is incredible. I saw a clip of him earlier this week when 2014 or 15, he was ready to get drafted, and he said, I have no interest in going into the NBA. And he didn't come the first year. Yeah, he stayed one of those guys that's like a stash pick, I think they call it. They kept him back a little while. I think, but he stayed back. It wasn't like they said stay back. I was just reading about that the other day. He's like, eh, NBA, meh. Forty million a year later, NBA, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's seventeen minutes after the hour here on ESPN Honolulu, ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Mo DeKill uh, from the Bleacher Report is going to join us with more on the NBA. That is coming up right now. I want to tell you about a great breakfast for not a lot of uh, not a lot of cash. Mm-hmm talking about our friends over at uh, the pagoda restaurant in fact they got this breakfast uh, deal going on if you mention espn honolulu you will get a uh, special seven dollar and fifty cent breakfast 
at the restaurant. It's now located in the International Ballroom there. Uh, a couple of eggs, Portuguese sausage, rice or toast. They've got omelets, uh, ham omelet, Portuguese omelet, vegetable omelet, a lot of omelets, uh, French toast, waffles, pancakes. Uh, check it out. Monday through Friday, 7 to 11. Weekdays, they're open till noon for breakfast. All the details and the menu, check it out. PagodaHawaii.com. I, do, I don't think I did, but it's entirely possible. I said uh, Mo Dackel or Dakil was going to be on with us. But the, I, if I didn't, I meant next hour. Got some uh, news of some new uh, men's volleyball recruits uh, coming up in one second here for the University of Hawaii. And uh, I, I see here, I've just been passed this note, that um, America's you kind of curious. Are you curious about... Maybe some of America's most hated brands. Brands that people just hate. What were you thinking? I'm laughing. I want to know who exactly handed you this note. It was just a... From the staff? My assistant. Yeah. Anyway, so America's... We're in uh, separate locations if uh, folks are going, what are they talking about? Okay. The most hated brands in America... Twitter, Meta, and TikTok. Most hated. Most hated. How I wonder who conduct who was in who's voting on this poll or sixteen thousand Americans. But what all demographic? That's very very surprising. I don't know what the demographics were uh, in the poll uh, by Axis Harris uh, poll. Um, the biggest companies. It, uh, it was based on ethics and character. Along, oh, by the way, along with Twitter, Meta, and TikTok, I, I'm not. I've never been on Spirit Airlines, but they're right up there towards the top two. I've heard many. First of all, they charge you for the carry on your carry on bag. That's one thing I've heard. But that's the worst. Everybody airline. charges you. Oh, they charge you for carry on for carry on bags. And I've heard it's, even though it's one of the cheapest airlines, that's why it's cheap. Don't don't fly. And I, you know, I'm just giving what you've read, read on social media. And I knew a couple of people that have flown it once. Only once. <laughs> I just like an airline that doesn't go uh, uh, diving into the Pacific Ocean. That always helps. Yes, yeah. or any ocean. Okay, and, and here's another last one. Just most untrusted. People hate it. Bitcoin. Oh. I guess people lost a lot of money in Bitcoin. Right. Like that NFL player who wanted his contract to be paid in Bitcoin. Poor guy. Shaquille O'Neal is avoiding a warrant or uh, a subpoena, I believe. Not a warrant, but... Uh, for oh, he just got served for what? He was involved in the company. I, I'm trying. To, I don't know exactly what his role was, but he and Tom Brady and others were involved in that scam. Uh, oh, well, it turned Tom, out to be spokesman. Spokespeople. Tom Brady okay. was on the commercial pushing it and stuff like yeah. that. All right. Anyway, now you might be wondering what are the most uh, popular brands in America? Patagonia. What? I, what is? I don't. I don't. Tanner, oh. what's Patagonia? Is that a is it's that a, a ladies' clothes company. store? It's a regular clothes company. A regular clothes company. Is it like Cinnamon Girl? It's kind of like, you know, like winter clothing. I'm pretty. No, it's not winter clothing necessarily, but it includes a lot of that. Do we have a. Here's another. We used we to. We have a Patagonia in Hawaii? We used to. Oh. 
but I guess it was winter clothing. Clothing. They didn't do <laughs> it, was, it was in the it was in the same place as Sports Authority. Oh, so it was kind of in that lot. It was by that Starbucks that was also in oh, that okay. lot. Yeah. I but know as what we you're all know, about. that entire lot has been pretty much is now under construction. So, oh, but there's an old building that was refurbished next to Asahi Grill, and it says Patagonia on it. Oh, I didn't oh yes, that. that's also true. I forgot about that building. I thought it was a furniture store. <laughs> all right, another another one. People love John Deere. I know that's supposed to be very popular. I don't see it around here, but people in the mainland, I think, wear the John Deere stuff. I think uh, former uh, Punahou and UH baseball great Joey Meyer. I think Joey drives a John John Deere on his yard on Maui. Oh, I, I've seen him driving a, a, a you know one of these um, riding mowers. Wondering if it's a John Deere. Do they have a John Deere store in Hawaii, Tanner? Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> they do. They actually do. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Costco. And you got to give it to Costco because, uh, you know, especially here in Hawaii, the only place that has regulation parking stalls. Oh, yeah. You can There's actually get in your car and get out and not have to worry about dinging somebody's doors. You can actually load the groceries in without backing, without, uh, you know, you can even back in and load your groceries in comfortably. So good job, Costco. Yes, yes. I'm really surprised at Twitter and TikTok, just knowing how popular they are, and even Instagram these days. Well, I think of ever since Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, ah, it's gotten a bad rap. Elon Musk right. has yeah. made Twitter a worse place. That's probably yeah. true, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, thank you for sitting through that. And uh, we got some news here. This is uh, comes from uh, Tiff Wells, the voice of volleyball in Hawaii. And uh, it looks like the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team has picked up a couple of uh, recruits. Uh, they got a 6-4 left-handed Serbian opposite hitter, Alexa Mandic. He played with something called the Partisan Belgrade since 2018 in Serbia. Huh? Maybe he's going to be our Nikola Jokic. Charlie Wade has had so much success with European players, the Eastern European players over the years, so I'm hoping he turns out to be the same. Hmm. Uh, they also got uh, the former Lewis Center, not Cindy Lewis, Tiff's mom, <laughs> but Lewis, the school. Uh, I guess this guy entered the transfer portal. Kevin Cowling, uh, 6'8", three-time All-MIVA second-teamer, and 2022 second-team All-American. Huh? I mean, you know, he's not first team like the rest of our guys, but he'll probably add to the depth, right? Oh, I think it totally adds I'm to the depth. I'm just joking. I just, of course. He's a, he's a great player. I'm just being stupid. But, but anyway, Yaka... he, he, I'm sorry. He has uh, Tiff reports one year, year of el- one year. You know, he has two years, but one year of eligibility <laughs> left. Hopefully he has two years. Yeah. Uh, we know that Jakob Tella <laughs> has graduated and we're moving on to professional volleyball. But we also heard just about two weeks ago, uh, Brett Sheward has entered the transfer portal. You mean Brett Sheward? Sheward, yeah. I think that, work, well, that could work both ways as far as getting losing players. But Sheward, yeah. It's an E, not an O. It's, not, it's an E, not an O? It's not Sheward. Sheward. It could be Sheward or Sheward. By the way, if he only had one ear, I got a good nickname for him. Let's go, Van Gogh. Let's go, Van Gogh. <laughs> is that politically incorrect? I mean, the guy. No, is the I, guy, I think it's hysterical. He's, he's like a thousand years old. Is, is, he, is, is, there, is he still off limits? The statute of limitations has passed. It's okay to say. <laughs> it's anatomically correct. 
It's anatomically correct, Tanner says. I don't know if he was on the air. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you very much. Uh, NBA Finals game number two. Now, when is that coming up? Tomorrow? S- Sunday at 2 p.m. Okay, you, you have to remind me every single time. What's the format? Well, it's 2-3-2 two, two as far as home you know, and stuff like that. As far as when they'll play the game, uh, it's a little bit different where it used to be always Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday. It goes Thursday, yesterday, Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday of next week. And how about this? After that, not a weekend game, Monday, June 12th, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Father's Day, June 18th would be game seven. Every game is a 2.30 p.m. start except for the Sunday game this week for game two and if there's a game seven those will be at 2 p.m hawaii time okay and you mentioned father's day which reminds me i mean this is you know look at mother's day look at the boom in business at your um at your other life at ruby tuesday on mother's day isn't it like crazy doesn't rick nakashima make like a million dollars in that one day it was just just under a million it was the busiest day i've worked there since i've been there in september by far by far, and it was it was great to see the the mothers getting a treat. But yes, it was it was crazy. I'm, I'm curious about Father's Day as well. But Mother's Day, they said going that, in was like the busiest day of the year. Yeah, and this is where I'm going. You have to go out, and you'll see on 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 TV and radio. You'll hear all the commercials for jewelry and all of these things for mom. On Father's Day, you could hear. You know, maybe, uh, hey, they got uh, some Makita power tools on sale at City Mill. John Deere. Or stop by, you know, Hardware Hawaii or or something. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, you basically, nobody, what I'm getting at is nobody cares about Father's Day. Why is that? Why don't people take dad out on Father's Day? Here's part of the reason, and you should enjoy this, dad, because if they take you out, they're going to make you pay. Go to a Chinese (laughs) restaurant. You have the big round table. And the bill comes. Well, it's Father's Day. You're you're celebrating Dad, but you hand Dad the check. <laughs> this whole country is all messed up. I'm gonna be this. I'm a I'm Father's Day woke right now, if you will. When before, I mean, I used to I used to eat out fairly often, as you know, and I'd go out on Mother's Day and Father's Day. And you're right. Over the years, Mother's Day at restaurants around Oahu was by far busier than Father's Day around yeah. Oahu. I was trying to get a table. It's so true. It okay. is so true. Right, because, okay, so if you don't take Dad out to dinner, what do you, please text in at 808-296-1420. How do you celebrate Dad? You're not taking him out to dinner. What do you do? Well, if you do what you like to do, and I know by experience by asking, you want to be, quote, left alone, and quote, uh. on Father's Day. Or is that your and- birthday? It's kind of every day, but, <laughs> you know, they, they don't have a problem with that. But, you know, I, you can text. Kids, you can text. Go ahead and text. Happy Father's Day. I, that, that would make my day. That means, oh, okay, we got a couple. We got yeah. one says golf, one says fish. I, 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 I'd like to go fishing. Can someone take me fishing? But you like, wouldn't you love to go golfing? That would be a perfect day for you, I would think. Uh, well, I love to play golf. I play lots of golf. You can't get enough golf. But if I can't play golf, I would like to fish. You know why? I'd like to catch something. I have never caught a fish in my life. Not from lack of trying. Just haven't caught a fish. When I was younger, unless I, I, unless I snagged a tilapia or something in a canal somewhere. <laughs> That's it. All right, it's uh, seven thirty-three. We, we, you know, what we got, we got to get a. Uh, 
Uh, traffic update here on uh, with the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu on International Volkswagen Bus Day. Yeah. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. First of all, I apologize for my partner. I apologize to my husband who uh, said that the format was 232268 or whatever. The format, thank you for the texts, uh, for the NBA Finals is, I forget, 2111111. I'm I thought it was just changed a couple years ago, and I'd forgotten even that, but it was nine years ago, I guess, they switched it, so... Mm. And I'm glad they did it. Just not fair for the team that didn't have home court to have three games in a row at home. The World Series, I believe, is still like that two-three-two. But the NBA, I'm glad they said they were doing it for travel for the media. That that's why they had um, two-three-two, so they didn't have to make as many trips on the seven-game series from the west to the east, only in the finals. But I'm glad doing it for the media. That's so stupid. That's why I remember that statement coming out, which was a weird reason to have it that way. Yeah, I didn't believe it, but I agree. But yeah. Anyway, we move on. Yeah, I want to talk some Mountain West football. And I know, the other, I know the other day we talked about University of Hawaii, the national TV schedule. A lot of nationally televised games came out. So I was looking at the Mountain West for that reason, their schedule. But also when you and I were talking, I believe on Wednesday, about how a team, you know, how the, the conference is not ranked as high, how the top one, the 130-plus team that you read had six Mountain West teams below 100. Right, and they're, talk- not, they're not perceived as being this great non, uh, great group of five conference where they were, a few years ago, probably thought of before the AAC took off, probably the best group of five football conference out there. So they got some work to do. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and partly because of, you know, not winning non-conference games. And, they used, you know, Boise used to always have a few tough games. And schools do have those money cupcake games for the opponents or so to and speak. And doing anyway, horribly horribly in bowl season as well. Yeah, this this last year at least. But I, so here we go. I'm going to read some of the, the rankings, but the schedule for some of the Mountain West teams out of the out of the Mountain West, of course. And, by the way, I'll let you know already, Hawaii is ranked number 11 out of 12 on this. This is from College Football News. So San Jose State, they say, is the toughest schedule out of conference. They've got USC, Oregon State. They also have Cal Poly and Toledo. Everybody has a, a FCS school, so that's their school. I think they're just D2, but in Toledo. Those are their games out of conference. Okay, USC, Oregon State, not too bad, obviously. Boise State has Washington, UCF, North Dakota at home. That's a nationally televised game. Well, and that's Memphis. a good. That's a, that's a uh, you know I was gonna say world champion. That's a those guys are involved in the national championship on the FCS level a lot. Yeah, don't so, sleep on North Dakota. South. Well, yeah. So that's a good point. Is like if you're saying, well, it's FCS where everybody else like San Jose is playing Cal Poly. Well, again, Hawaii. We'll talk about their opponent, Albany. But then you look at North Dakota. Yeah, that's not exactly a typical FCS opponent, of course. Colorado State ranked third. They've got Washington State, Colorado, Middle uh, Middle Tennessee, and uh, Utah Tech. That's the old Dixie State, right? Right. Okay, San Diego State, Ohio, Idaho oh, State. North Dakota is not North. I was thinking of North Dakota State. I believe, though, if you look it up, and look it up for me, Tanner, North Dakota is uh, also a pretty powerful um, uh, FCS school. 
I think uh, check that out. But anyway, go ahead, Gary. Okay, uh, just a few more. San Diego State has Ohio, Idaho State, UCLA, Oregon State, Utah State, Iowa, Idaho State, James Madison, and UConn. Uh-huh. Wyoming has Texas Tech, Portland State, Texas, Appalachian State, UNLV, Bryant, Michigan, Vanderbilt, and UTEP. Nevada, USC, Idaho, Kansas, Texas State. New Mexico has A&M, Tech, Tennessee Tech, New Mexico State, and UMass. Not exactly the cream of the crop. Uh, Fresno State, Purdue, Eastern Washington, Arizona State, Kent State. Hawaii, again, ranked 11th out of 12, and the last team ranked is Air Force with Robert. Well, what are Hawaii's ones? Okay, Hawaii has Vanderbilt, Stanford, Albany at home, those two, and then Oregon on the road. And, and we're the State. 11th worst? Yes. Well, I I'm, can understand that. Vanderbilt oh, and Stanford are barely bowl teams. Oregon, Vanderbilt, was, Vanderbilt was better last year, we found out. Uh, Oregon, yeah, that's Oregon, yeah. Stanford. I mean, that's better than the last guys you just read. But Stanford. The New Mexico or New Mexico State who you just read. Well, we played New Mexico State, and Stanford was pretty bad last year. No, no, no. What I'm saying is you read New Mexico State's non-conference schedule and above Hawaii. Yeah, oh, New, yeah it, was, uh, it was Fresno State and then New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. So and New here's Mexico, New Mexico. A&M, Texas A&M, Tennessee Tech. You're right. You're absolutely right. Texas A&M, Tennessee Tech, New Mexico State, and UMass. Yeah, that's totally – I agree with you on that one. I didn't think about that. Just the last one is Air Force. Robert Morris, Sam Houston, uh, uh, Army, and Navy. And they're ranked last. Probably yeah, because as, of as Robert they, Morris. As, as, as they should be. Uh, yeah. By the way, thank you, Tanner Hayworth. Uh, North Dakota is not North Dakota State, as uh, he originally texted. They went the Fighting Hawks, great name. Went seven and five last year. It's tied for their best record in five years. Okay, so I take that back. Sorry, that was my two three two one one format. I guess the South Dakota State is pretty good too, as well as North Dakota State. I believe that might be. Yeah, that's probably what I was thinking because there were somebody was playing each other in like a deep into the playoffs. Right, right. I remember that as well. So when you look at the Mountain West, see, if we're going to, I mean, I don't think it's not. So a, what's the point? What's well, the, the point of the list? The point is that these schools, in order to get more respect, and they're not going to get in different bowl games. That's one of my points. It's not going to make a difference. You have the bowl affiliation, the automatic tie-in. If you want to go to the playoffs, especially the expanded playoff, well, let's look at the number one team as far as schedule rank. I still don't know. If, unless you go like 11-1, and one, San Jose State, USC, Oregon State, Cal Poly, and Toledo. Cal Poly and Toledo will not help their strength of schedule. If you beat a USC on the road or Oregon State at home, Wait, yes. is Toledo really, really bad? I don't know. I think they're probably middle of the pack. Tanner might know more in the MAC about them. Ooh. I don't think they're a bad team, but I don't think they're one of the top teams. Okay, so go ahead. Ohio is ranked, I believe, the highest of what I saw about a month ago. And that's but where gonna, uh, Hawaii's uh, former Brian Smith is there? Yes, he's at Ohio, yes. If you want to see a team from the Mountain West go into the playoffs or have a ch- shot at that, uh, you're going to have to maybe schedule a little tougher. You're going to have to win a, lot, a couple of these games. And, I, again, I, it's going to be a long shot to go to the playoffs, although one group of five teams will get in with the expanded playoff. They have the chance now, but it's very unlikely with the four-team playoff. But, again, let, let's look at Hawaii's schedule. Uh, you're – 
unless you beat Oregon and almost every other game, a, a typical you know team like this with a schedule like this, you're not going to get invited. And I know that's not the ultimate goal. I mean, it'd be great if it happened, but a realistic goal is to go to a you know your conference championship and go to the best bowl game you can in your conference, whether that's the uh, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl or the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl for Hawaii. You know, that, that's about all you're going to get. I mean, I just don't see any of these teams with these schedules having a chance, if it was this year, to go to a playoff unless you go at, probably have to go undefeated. And then even with that, I'm not sure if the schedule would be strong enough for any of these teams, even the top of the rankings. Yeah. By the way, uh, Toledo's not that bad. I mean, they've gone to a bowl game almost every year. Okay, uh, and they win the. They seem to win the 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 Mac West uh, quite often, including last year. Just FYI. Okay, so uh, and again, I, I know some people would have the hopes that we can go to a bigger or better bowl game, or maybe the Mountain West could be more rep, better, well represented. But again, with all the tie-ins, it's pretty automatic where you're going, unless you're going to the play. It is automatic, unless uh. you're going to the playoffs. And you know, it'd be great to have that happen when they have the uh, 12-team playoff. And it depends on also the other group of five, whether it's the AAC or Conference USA for the most part, although the Sun Belt, you know, might have a team in there here and there. But the schedule, you're playing a lot of Pac-12 teams. That happens pretty much every year. You're mm-hmm. playing, you know, the military academies for some. And, you know, I give Boise credit. Again, well, North Dakota is not who we thought they were, literally. Uh, <laughs> and they, they're playing Washington on the road. By the way, Kansas is playing at Nevada, at Nevada. I guess that must be a home and home. But Kansas was better last year, too. Uh and that's, what, that's the only schedule. I don't, I'm not sure if I read that one earlier. But you, everybody's going to schedule an FCS school, and you're trying to be bowl eligible. And with the conference pretty – I mean, there's some parity in this conference, to say the least. I can almost understand a schedule. I'm sure when Nevada scheduled Kansas, it wasn't thinking Kansas was going to be a bowl team. And last year they were close to the top. They were ranked for a couple of weeks in October, maybe even early November. Uh, they came back. They were undefeated, you know, at, you know, middle of October. So mm. that may be a tougher opponent, but you're going to have one marquee team. Like I'm sure Nevada's getting a million dollars or so to go to going to USC. Everybody's going to take that opportunity. The group of the Power Five like it for an easy win. Group of Five like it for the payday. And, you know, Hawaii going to Oregon and Vanderbilt, you're going to make a couple of million, I would assume, probably more than $2 million total on those two games. But I don't see anybody, again, unless they go undefeated, having that chance where maybe if you're – and I'm trying to think of maybe the top school like a UCF used to be. You know, Houston was one of the best schools, but now they're going to the Big 12. I don't see a team that is dominant on that level right now. I mean, we saw Cincinnati a couple of years ago being that team as well. Uh, but for the Mountain West, where we're really more interested in, I think you're going to have to, first of all, win these games. I mean, very rarely we'll see a group, uh, Mountain West team win a Power 5 game. It's happened, but not that often. But I think you're just going to have to get, to me at least, realistic where you're going to be in these bowl games. Uh, and that's going to be, even with the 12-team playoff, probably just with the tie-ins. Yeah, I saw on social media somebody put the, uh, since UH football is coming up in 80-something days, the... Um, um, and you just mentioned that, um, you know, very rarely does a Mountain West team uh, beat a Power 5 school. Um, and it depends who the Power 5 school is. Again, is it Oregon or is it Oregon State? Well, we've beaten Oregon State as a conference, I'm sure, a few times, I would think. But they had the, um, the, the what was it, termed as the greatest upset for University of Hawaii football, beating number 9 Iowa in the season opener. Well- with freshman kicker Jason Elam. And so it, it just goes to, you know, 
we've had other upsets. I would think that people would argue that beating was it Nebraska or Washington or something on the road at six to zero or right. I think that was Larry Price's team, right? I believe you're right. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I mean, we've had some upsets. It's just we've had three in the last sixty years. <laughs> yeah, that's not the thing about it. And when I take Power Five, I would need mean the top half of each conference or a ranked team. Not if you're going after a team that is winless in a Power Five conference. I mean, the old Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt was better last year, but they've been one of the worst. They have been the worst SEC team. For it's got to be at least five, ten years, if not more. I mean, they they had one win the year before. They were winless in SEC play in 2021. Right. So I mean, you know, when we made that schedule, even though it was a good, it's a good payday going there in August this year. But they were the weakest team of that conference. You know, the um, Hawaii. I'm looking at even our best team. Say, you know, 2006 or 2007 uh, Hawaii football team. Yeah. Remember, we had an incredibly easy schedule uh, that they had to slap together because Herman Frazier was taking too long. And um, so we did play. I mean, we we beat Washington that year. But the rest of the non-conference schedule, when you made, you're made going down your list, where would we be when we said, okay, Hawaii's got northern Colorado, um, Nevada, UNLV, because they were in the Mountain West. We were in the WAC still, right? Charleston Southern. There's those three. And uh, I guess your other, your fourth one is Washington. I mean, that wouldn't be a very powerful non-conference schedule, right? No, and I remember Herman Frazier, I think the year before, standing at our pregame show tailgate party saying, we've got a really great team coming in next year. I think he hinted that it was a Big Ten opponent. And couldn't tell us who it was, and turns out it's a good thing he didn't tell us because it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're late. Let's get a traffic update and be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Hope you're having a great Aloha Friday. It's the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Uh, weather today probably going to be hot again. It's a little partly cloudy today. Uh, trades are 10 to 15, high in the mid-80s like it was yesterday. It was 88 yesterday on Maui. You poor guys over there. All right, how did our uh, – how many – we got some guys playing? Or how did our Major League Baseball – hawaiians do yesterday well three of them not in action so they didn't get a chance either way but josh rojas did get in action for arizona another tough day at the plate for the arizona third baseman yesterday goes 0 for 3 for arizona in there went over colorado and his batting average now 232 oh it was like 240 something I know it's gone down day by day, week by week. Mm-hmm. Isaiah kind of Falefa, I believe, has a higher batting average. By the way, there's a nice article about Isaiah in the New York Post today just saying how valuable he's been. 
uh, how the Yankees love that he's so versatile. He has started at third base, shortstop, second base, and in the outfield can catch. He can mm. do everything. He's starting to find his way at the plate, and they are they are really happy with his play of late, really happy with Isaiah. Nice article about him. You know, the trade deadline is coming up uh, in the beginning of August. I mean, we're a couple of months away from the trade deadline. Colton Wong, who is really rarely getting even getting into games, his batting average is under 100. Do you remember what it was off the top of your head? I believe. last look? It was probably about 170. So I'll get this. I think it was oh, like 170. So, oh, it was, oh, it was over 100 then. Yeah, it was over 100, but it was it fell below 200 once again. Yeah. Do you think that he's the kind of guy that just might need a change of scenery somehow? Because he just can't seem to get going. Over a third of the season's done. The big thing about Colton Wong is his contract's up at the end of the year. So you might get a oh, rental on him. Maybe some team that needs offensive help might go get him and just pay a little bit for him because he's going to be a free agent, not hitting well. But maybe right. as a defensive player down the stretch. Other than that, I mean, I'm sure Seattle would probably love to get rid of him. Unfortunately, but the way he's played of late, this is or the exact season. the exact opposite thing you usually see during somebody's contract year, isn't it? Yeah, you would think. It'd Look at Aaron Judge. Different. Aaron Judge last year, right? Big difference, yeah, big, big difference. So it's probably kind of surprised you for Colton Wong. All right, channel channel positive thoughts to Colton Wong, and more importantly, please, everybody, the way to do that is just have positive thoughts in general and lift up the Seattle Mariners, Hawaii's team. Yes. I <laughs> Top three things you need to know next, ESPN Honolulu. Hey, here's three things you need to know on your way into work. Well, first of all, uh, everybody knows by now that uh, Game 1 winners in the NBA Finals are the Denver Nuggets. And, uh, boy, the uh, the um, you know, big leads for most of the game. And it looked like the Heat were making a run with about 10 minutes left. They go on an 11-0 scoring run, and then they just got swatted down like Dikembe Mutombo and the finger wave by the Denver Nugget. Put them back in their place. But anyway, uh, game one is in the books, and it looks like we, th- the Heat are who we thought they were, a team that was tired and uh, not used to that elevation. Probably not, and, you know, they'll get Tyler Hero back supposedly at some point. Didn't hear about game two necessarily, but by game three they are hopeful. He can make a difference. I think the final score is a little deceiving. You see 104-93, but it was that 11-0 run that kind of got him back in. But like most runs, you run out of gas. You can do it for a certain amount of time, and then the other team kind of takes over. That's not the hope for Miami. It was just too big of a hole to come out of, 21 down after three. Right, and usually that when that when they were making that run, that's when uh, Nikola Jokic. That's his resting time, but they kept him in the game because they wanted to put this thing away. Yeah, you see that more in the playoffs than you do in the regular season, the later rounds where guys won't get their normal rest time. I saw Steph Curry like that in the last game against the Lakers as well. Smart move by Mike Malone, the Denver coach. And uh, all things seemingly went well for Denver. I mean, the fact that Miami only goes to the free throw line twice. Uh, You have Nikola Jokic, not with his outstanding offensive output, although he did have a triple-double, and still other guys stepped up. Mainly Aaron Gordon, as well as Michael Porter Jr., really did their job and then some. 
All right, uh, in a press conference during the game, uh, Commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, came out and uh, did mention that they have some uh, a fair amount of additional information on the whole Ja Morant uh, Instagram gun video. So they're going to make an announcement about this case, but they're going to wait till after the play, uh, after the finals are done. Yeah, and hopefully it won't be too long because the draft is about a week or so after the NBA Finals are over, and there'll be a lot of focus on that. I'm, I don't know if we'll find out what that additional information was, but you can probably tell how serious it might have been when the amount of the suspension comes out, whether it's 41 games yeah. a year or maybe less. We've heard the latter, the bigger numbers, from people who think it should be, but nobody knows for sure except for Adam Silver. Yeah, and I, I think it, uh, you know, what, what it, whatever it is, I'm sure some inside source will leak what the additional, or at least some of the additional information is. That's just how it goes uh, in the media nowadays. All right. Uh, Congratulations to a former Iolani player now attending high school in Utah. J.J. Mandiquit has made the national under-16 team. That is fantastic. I mean, to get honored like that, to have that much success. He's only a sophomore right now. He's got two more years of high school. I'd uh, love to see him come back home to Hawaii, but that's a couple of years away. But that was great news for one of the best players in the state last year in 10th grade. Or a year and a also, half ago, I guess now. Congratulations are in order. Uh, Big West uh, all-conference team was announced. Yes, for baseball, and Harry Gustin is on the first team. Uh, also, Harrison Bodendorf uh, is also Bodendorf. on the first. The freshman, uh, Matt Wong, does make second team. I forgot he had transferred from the JC from St. Louis, and he's had six years of college due to red shirts and the COVID year. Ten oh, cool. home runs the most a Hawaii player has had since Jeffrey Van Dornum, I think in 2011, I believe. Uh, had a great season for them. And on the honorable mention team, three players named Jacob Igawa, Stone Miao, and uh, George, uh, Kyson Donahue, excuse me, named to the freshman, I mean, named to the honorable mention team in Big West. Six players in all honored. All right. Uh, yeah, six uh, award winners for uh, Rainbow Baseball. Uh, not too shabby. Mm, let's see. Also, let's see. Uh, you have the water polo players. Uh, we got a second team All-American uh, on the Rainbow Wahine water polo team. Congratulations as Gary pulls that out. Yeah, that was one thing and I wanted to on his glasses. One okay, thing I just want to say about Harry. For you. Uh, thank you, but Harry Gustin. I mean, the MLB draft is coming up later this month, I believe, and he has a chance to get drafted. He is draft eligible. For selfish reasons, I hope he can return because he was such a great pitcher for Hawaii. But we'll see. We wish the best. Well, for him it depends. Way. I mean, it depends. It, uh, it always depends on how high he gets drafted. Have we heard any word on uh, you know is he a, is he a you know a top ten round guy? Is he I, going to be picked later? I mean, is it the sixteenth round? I mean, now with today's NIL deal, uh, you know, if you're if you're being if you're picked in the twentieth, it's like why go? If you're going for the money, you might as well stay, make money here, and also uh, get your degree. We talk about how it would change players in basketball and football staying in college longer. For baseball, yeah. I mean, you do have that option, but you can wait to see where you are drafted, unlike basketball and football, and decide to come back. So the NIL could be a key for him. So you, you mentioned the three water polo ladies who did get honored by All-American for D1. Uh, the first one is Bia Mantelado diaz She was first team. All America, a second team All American that was uh, named yesterday. The other players mentioned for honorable mention are Alba Bonamusa Boy, 
Boyce, mm-hmm. and then also Emma Van Rossum, honorable mention Bois. player as well. Bo- Bois. Not boy, Bois. not boys. B O I X. Bois. I was close, but Bois. I apologize. Uh, they were both not that close. Honorable well, mention. better than last hour than Boyce. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's... Next hour, wait till you hear it. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Uh, and finally, uh, Tanner Hayworth is reporting that the University of Hawaii football team has, re, uh, has received a commitment through the transfer portal. His name is Kilinahi Mendiola Jensen. And uh, if uh, that sounds familiar to you, uh, he uh, went to Punahou School, is from the great city of Pearl City, and uh, he is going to be a uh, rainbow warrior. Uh, he's a defensive back. He's a corner. You never can have too many corners, I tell you that much especially in the pass-happy Mountain West Conference, uh, uh, in the Mountain West Conference. But I'm seeing here on his uh, bio, he is his cousins are Kavika and Noah Borden, who played football for the University of Hawaii. Uh, let's see. And his uh, cousin Kamuela Borden is on the football team right now. And get this, he is the cousin of... Kaluka Mayava, who was a great linebacker for USC and played a little bit in the NFL for the Raiders uh, and the uh, uh, Browns. Played for like five years uh, in the NFL. So he's got a good bloodline. Yes. Uh, and we say welcome back to Hawaii, uh, Kilinahe Mendiola Jensen. Now, a rainbow warrior. Yes, good to hear that. And football practice not that far away. We've got about 86 days or so before the first game. I think it's the exact number, but uh, football practice should start about 30 days before that. So that's coming up rather soon. That's good. All right, so those are things you need to know heading on in. Tanner, if we can pull up that uh, Jay Williams quote from earlier, I want to go back to John ja Morant. Now, John ja Morant, they're going to, because the NBA is not stupid, they know what they're going to do. With John Morant. Maybe even John Morant knows what his punishment is. But uh, they're not going to say anything till after the finals are done. Because why would you, you know, this is the highlight of the NBA season. Why would you interrupt it with a bunch of negativity? At least Adam Silver came on and he did the David Ige thing and said, yeah, hey, we're going to announce it, but we're going to do it later. And this <laughs> yeah. is when we're going to do it. He said after. And I'm sure it's going to be, you know, let the let the finals breathe. You know, who knows? It could be done in a week. It could be, <laughs> it could be a sweep. So it's going to be done very quickly. Hopefully not, but it could be. But I'm sure he's going to wait a few days after and then make the announcement. I don't think it's going to be a two week later thing. No, because all parties have to get you know move on. You got to do it for Memphis's sake for the draft, yes. which is coming up on the 22nd now, 20 days from now. So yeah, you got to give them a little bit of a, a insight on what they might have to do if he's suspended for a year, let's say. Yeah, and uh, regarding the announcement made by the commissioner yesterday, here's a, a key thing that Jay Williams from uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max had to say early this morning. Adam will go out of his way to help players. Just look at the history. Everything that's happened with Donald Sterling, look at the way he rallied around the league. Everything that's happened with Robert Sarver. In the Phoenix Suns, he's rallied around the league. He's been player-centric, and he's also been known to be more lenient, way more than David Stern has ever been. So when I'm hearing Adam delay whatever the announcement is, not to bring further attention, understanding his history, also Adam is great at parsing his words. He's a lawyer, so he's so descriptive. When I hear a fair amount of additional information, I get even more concerned for John Morant.
and that's the key, fair amount of additional information. I don't know what that could be, but to me, it just means that, hey, it's more than just having a video in an Instagram, uh, having an Instagram video show another gun. There's more to it than what was actually on that video. That's what I'm guessing this is. Yeah, and you would think more information couldn't make it any better for him. It would have to make it worse. There's nothing else that could make it better for additional information. He had the gun. We saw the video. But I will say this about Jay Wolf's first part of those comments. What what Adam Silver did, and it was really his first month on the job with Donald Sterling, I don't think he had many other options. I mean, he, he was siding with the players, but what else could you do with a – a man like Donald Sterling and those acts that we found out about with Robert Sarver with Phoenix it was almost the same thing. Mistreating employees the way we heard, you almost had to take that route if you're Adam Silver. And I'm not saying that he doesn't care about the players first, but in those two situations, I don't think there was a better option than what he did, basically having both owners give up their franchises, which is a pretty steady, uh, pretty sturdy punishment. And But again, they, they got what they deserved, I think most people, would agree i do think adam silver and i don't know specifically why but everything i've read heard about him from day one makes me feel like he's more of a hands-on commissioner i don't want to say david stern was bad i i I remember back when david stern was the commissioner a lot of people media fans seem to make him out to be the best commissioner in the four professional sports partly because the other commissioners aren't usually well liked and he still got booed at the draft he kind of liked it, I guess. Well, what else could he do? And he, while he was there, the league grew a lot, too. league grew a lot. He was really responsible for the TV contracts, the way they have them, and a lot of other things, salary caps and increasing revenue, expanding the marketing and the branding to China and other places around. But Adam Silver, what I've read about his history, grew up an NBA fan. I, I, Jay Wool said became a lawyer, and he grew up through the NBA administration, so to speak, as the assistant or vice commissioner, or I'm not sure, assistant commissioner, I guess they uh, call it but he'd been around the league in so many different areas and I don't know I just get the sense that you know he, he knows what's going on with David Stern was more of just a business side where he couldn't put up with a Mark Cuban as an example he and Mark Cuban butted head Adam Silver never gets in those situations you haven't heard anything whether you agree with him or not that puts him in a negative light where David Stern some people thought was not treating Mark Cuban the right way he was too strict with him finding him and all that. Uh, He had to deal with Dennis Rodman and some of the fines there and some of the things he said about Dennis Rodman. Going back to Adam Silver, I think he's a fair commissioner, a good commissioner. He had to deal with Donald Sterling again for basically his first month. With the John Morant situation, this is a lot bigger than any on-the-court thing. And again, the ownership deals were bigger too. Like Donald Sterling, you had to do something serious. You know, that was obviously the ultimate punishment in having him give up his team, even though he got a nice payday when he left. Not even allowed to go to Clippers games, I believe, but you had to do that for everybody's sake. With John Morant, it's a different situation, but similar in that you've got to do something very severe to send a message. Because if it's only something light, and, you know, Roger Goodell has been sometimes criticized or his office when they suspend guys for six years, six years, six games here and there. Some people think some of the punishment has been too lenient. And there have been some awful cases, domestic assault, gun violence. Uh, Greg Hardy didn't fire a gun, but he uh, had a lot of guns around the female that was uh, his victim there. I think that with John Morant, with the violence that this country has been seeing, that you've got to do something really severe with the punishment. And half a year, to me, doesn't seem like it's too strong of a punishment. A year, that might be debatable. 
But you got to send a message because, again, the first message, the first punishment didn't really get through to him because he said he was going to go to rehab, which he did. I don't know how much mm. he got out of it, but he said he did. said mm. he was going to be a different person. He said the right thing. But mm. a month – you would think that that video that we saw a few weeks ago probably wasn't the only time he's had a gun in his hand since he left rehab. If it was, boy, has he got the bad luck coming his way. I or have just, a feeling it's been more than that one time. Couldn't you argue, or was it, an, was it IG Live, or was it just a post, and he could have said, oh, that was from a month ago. <laughs> I believe it was IG Live, and it oh, got it deleted live. right after, but it was IG oh, Live from his friend. That. And that, what kind of a friend is that, putting that on Instagram Live? How stupid can that well, friend be? It's, it's stupid people all around, but the scary thing is it's one of the stupid people has millions and millions of dollars and uh, doesn't think, you know, and, and, and likes to have guns. That's the scary part. All right, uh, you know what? Um, we are going to talk with our expert, uh, Mo Dakiel, a uh, good friend of the show from the Bleacher Report. He's also uh, on from time to time on the Athletic NBA podcast. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. And, uh, hey, if you're feeling hungry, Stop by Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack this month. Sandwich Fest is going on. Whether you're into catfish, uh, pulled pork, they got a okay. They got a pulled pork sandwich on Texas toast, or a pulled pork burger, pulled pork on top of a hamburger. They've got a, a loaded Southwest grilled chicken sandwich and a lot more. That's why they call it Sandwich Fest. Going on now at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. You know, we were, our next guest has been a good friend of the show for years. I'm going to mention this. He's been a good friend of the show for years. Such a good guy. And uh, we've been, uh, you know, bringing him on from the Bleacher Report. And you can catch him uh, on uh, the uh, Athletic NBA podcast. And Tanner was listening to the podcast. And he says, you know, you've been pronouncing his name wrong for like three years. <laughs> his name is not Mo Dakil. Mo Dakil. Joins us now via the Aloha Kia Hotline. Mo, I'm sorry about that. No, don't, don't even apologize. It's not even a, a, a thing. It, it happens all the time. And it's, uh, listen, I probably have family members that pronounce it the way you pronounced it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like it's not, so it's, it's going to be the least of my concerns. So it's, it's, it's never a big deal. I'd be asking you funny if he goes, no problem, Chris and Gary. i almost feel like we have a new guest on for the first time but we know how great mo is analyzing the nba he's been a video department with many teams including the la clippers but game one last night what stood out to you more the fact that miami shot only two free throws the entire game or nikola Jokic going into the fourth quarter only attempted six shots miami shooting only two free throws that's the big thing you know, we, we've seen this from Jokic before, where he's dominated games by only taking five or six shots in, in an entire game. Forget just the first three quarters. But the, the two free throws is the massive problem because that's a key component for Miami's offense. 
and that means Jimmy Butler wasn't as aggressive as he, he, he normally is, and Bam settling more for floaters and not getting into Jokic's body, uh, that's the more startling number and, and, and the, the one everybody needs to focus on more. Aaron Gordon in that first quarter, I believe, had 10 of his points, and it seemed like, obviously, with Miami, you're keying on Murray, you're keying on the Joker, but Aaron Gordon was a key factor to get that early lead. Yeah, and I think a big part of that was Miami started small, and then once they started missing shots, it opens up opportunities for Gordon to get mismatches in transition. You know, I haven't reviewed the film just yet, but I imagine when I go back and look at those things, I'm willing to bet the majority of those buckets that Gordon got when he had smalls on him was going to be a situation where the Heat missed the shot on the other end, and that's what led to all of this stuff. They make a few more shots. They're able to set their defense. They're able to lock in a little better, and then it's not such an obvious mismatch as it was when they were missing shots and Gordon was just ramming it through Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and Max Drews. We're talking the NBA Finals with Mo DeKeel from the Bleacher Report and the Athletic NBA Podcast here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. There was a play, I believe it was in the second quarter, we saw Cody Zeller, who's 6'11", come into the game for Miami, and Jokic got the ball, drove, and literally barreled over literally Zeller. Wasn't an offensive foul, he seemingly barely touched him, but it just showed that Miami can go to different guys on defense. I don't think anybody can really stop him if he really wants to get going offensively, and that was just the drive to the basket. Well, I mean, it's, it, it sucks for Zeller because Jokic is the best player in basketball. There's no question. There's no arguing this. You know, everybody will try to nitpick and whatnot. He's the best player in basketball. Cody Zeller can't guard him. Cody Zeller shouldn't even be playing in the finals. <laughs> like that's, that's the bigger, that's an issue then. But that's the problem Miami has is they just don't have a lot of size on their, on their bench and a lot of options to go to. And those, those minutes when they're going to have to play Zeller, those are going to be dangerous. What else can Mo, Miami do in this game, too? I mean, obviously being more aggressive, going to the free throw line, you know that's going to be a big focus. But what else can they do, I mean, offensively besides that? And defensively, I mean, again, you would expect Jokic to probably have a bigger game with his point production. But Jamal Murray, once he heats up, as Mike Malone says, he makes his first shot. It's like shooting through a hula hoop the rest of the game. Hula hoop the rest of the game. I, I don't know. I mean, you kind of pick your poison, I think, if you're Miami on defense. Yeah, I think, you know, for Miami, they got to figure out how they want to defend Jokic first and then worry about Murray from there because Jokic creates so much for everybody. I think that's got to be your first focus. Now, what that game plan is going to be, 29 other teams are all trying to figure that out. So it's not like an easy situation. And, again, I don't think they have great personnel. I think this is a terrible matchup for Miami for, you know, how they're going to defend Jokic across the board and, and – Part of it is that's where their offense comes in. Part of their best defense is trying to get Jokic fouls, and that's why it matters to get into the line. That's why Bam, when he gets when he t- gets contact with Jokic, he can't go to a step back or fade away. He has to go through Jokic to force the officials to call fouls because that's going to be their best bet. What have we heard about Tyler Hero? I mean, I know he's supposed to come back at some point. Have you heard anything further about what game it might be for Miami? I believe right now it sounds like it's going to be game three, but, you know, all of that stuff's always up in the air, and it's not like Miami is going to be calling me and telling me what the, what the latest update is. 
Right, and again, to still talk, and I guess it'll be a day-by-day thing with uh, Miami. You know, Chris and I have been talking about this a lot this week, and maybe throughout the last couple of weeks of the season. What Miami has been able to do, I think it's 9 out of 17 undrafted players, a lot of them key players on this team. How can they achieve what they've achieved with so many undrafted players when nobody else has come close to be able to do that? Yeah, I think, one, they have one of the best development programs in the league, and they do a great job of leveraging their G League team. Uh, which I believe is in uh, Sioux Falls, Idaho. Uh, and they do a good job of making sure those guys are developing and growing within their system. Like when you look at Gabe Vincent, he was with them when they went to the finals in 2020. Max Struess was with them in 2020. Uh, Duncan Robinson was a guy that's come up through their, their run across the board. Like everybody they've kind of found, it's been something that they focused on the development of those players and making a point of, like, we're going to make these guys better. And then the other thing that's extremely important is these guys get minutes. A lot of coaches have young players that they just don't play in the regular season. These guys all get minutes, and it allows them to, to kind of find their role developmentally, and it allows the Heat to understand what those guys can and can't do. Mo, I want to talk a little bit about coaching in the NBA because we heard the news about an hour or so ago that Frank Vogel will now be the Phoenix Suns coach. Right before that, I read that Doc Rivers has taken himself out of consideration. He probably knew the end result. Your thoughts on that situation and what's next for Doc Rivers as well? Well, I think your read on Doc right there is right on. He probably was told he's not getting the job by, by another source and then pulled his name out. So that's, And that's very common practice. I think Nick Nurse did the same thing in, with the Bucks. Um, All right. I love the hire. I love the hire for the Suns. I think it's great. I think they're going to focus on the defense. I think Frank Vogel is a very, very good defensive coach. It's I, it's never easy to just say, oh, well, they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, so their offense should be fine. But they also have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, so their offense should be okay, uh, you know, with those two guys as your starting point. But I think the focal point right now is you've got to start with defense. And, you know, we're, we're seeing it. These are two defensive teams in the NBA Finals. These are teams that can defend in the finals, and I think that's an important aspect of it, and I think that's where the, the Suns are starting, and that's what they signaled when they went with uh, Jokic. Uh, excuse me, vocal. Right. What about Doc Rivers, then? you think he gets a shot anytime soon? Another shot of coaching? I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think he would, the shots he's going to get are shots I don't think he's going to want to take at this point. I think he wants to get the higher-level jobs. You know, and at this point, if you're an NBA front office, when was the last time Doc left the second round? Right. You know, when you look at his record when in, in, in closeout games, they're, it's, it's below 40%. That's absurd. That's not normal. You know, when you have an opportunity to close out a series, you have a tendency to look at Doc Rivers' teams and go like, well, they're not going to do it right away. And I think those are the things there. I, the jobs he's going to want, I think, are going to be the jobs that the front office will interview, for him, interview him for, but will not actually give to him. And the jobs that he can get are the jobs he's not going to want to take. He's not going to want to take a, char- a job at Charlotte, no offense to the Hornets, or a team that's rebuilding or whatnot. He wants a job that he has a chance to win a championship with. This might be the, the near the end for Doc. Right, right. Just I guess like, it's a little bit surprising in a way, but maybe not, especially the way you talk about his playoff lack of success that we've heard about. Mo, always great talking the NBA. Hopefully we've got a long finals ahead of us, game two on Sunday. Thanks for joining us again. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Mo DeKeel from Bleacher Report, also the Athletic NBA Podcast, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Great follow on Twitter at Mo DeKeel. 
uh, D-A-K-H-I-L underscore NBA, joining us on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. See ya in a Kia. Chris and I will be back in a few minutes to talk a little bit more NBA and some NFL as well with the sports animals on this Aloha Friday morning on ESPN Honolulu. Ah, the late, great Willie K right here. It's Sports Animals on this Aloha Friday on ESPN Honolulu. Thank you so much for uh, listening. Hey, I want to give some shout. Uh, I want to give some love out uh, to the uh, Pac West. I see here that the Chaminade women's volleyball team uh, recruiting class is, uh, um, has been announced. This actually came out a couple of days ago. But uh, got a couple of local girls going to Chaminade to play volleyball. Remember, Chaminade's really good in volleyball. Couple FYI. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, they went, I believe, to the NCAA tournament won a round or two, I believe. I know they had really good success a few years ago. We remember having their coach on our show. Yeah. So uh, let's see. They're, they've won three consecutive Pac West titles. Wow. All right. Uh, so congratulations, uh, we say, to the Chrysostomo family. That's a familiar name. Hula. Christostomo is going to be a grad transfer coming from uh, UTEP, uh, coming back home to play at Chaminade. So congratulations. They got another libero. Um, Heavenly Campbell from Wailua also came through the transfer portal after spending a couple of years at College of Southern Idaho. Uh, She's from Damien. Congratulations. And they got an incoming freshman, Kira Pagud is a uh, graduate this year of Moanalua High School. And um, they've been to, you know, Moanalua boys' side and girls' side, been uh, very good in the OIA. So congratulations to the Christomos and the Campbells. Your girls are coming back home. And Kira Pagud, good luck in your college career as a volleyballer for the Silver Swords. All right, congratulations. And you know what? We should mention, too, that um, for the Hawaii Pacific men's basketball team, they've signed their new recruiting class. They've added four fre- the four freshmen to kind of round out their recruiting class. So Justin Yap, I wonder if he's related to my friend Brandon Yap. Justin Yap is uh, from Marino High School, first team All-State, first team All-ILH. And uh, let's see, so he is going to be uh, coming in for um, Jesse Nakanishi, the new coach. And also, Jay Markson is a name that I'm reading here. What is Jay's first name? It is just a J. Okay, so yeah. J, letter J. Jay Markson from Mililani High School, uh, winner of back-to-back OIA West championships and uh, winner of one OIA championship, but a, um, a very proficient scorer. So a couple of players from Hawaii, 
getting to play college basketball players from Marino and Mililani, respectively. That is awesome. By the way, um, Jesse Nakanishi, good luck, as uh, he was a part of the University of Hawaii. I believe it was at HPU, then went to UH, now back to HPU. Is that the deal? He Yeah, when he left Hawaii as, um, I think, the SID, or the Director of Operations, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, Director of Ops. He went back to HPU as an assistant under Daryl Vorderbrigge when Coach V retired. Now he was the interim and now permanent head coach. He got the official title a few weeks ago. I wonder if that's why he left. Like, he figured, okay, if Coach V said, hey, come on over uh, next year, this baby's going to be yours. Well, I think also, I'm not sure if it was that it could have been, but I know also at UH he realized he wasn't probably going to move up the ranks anytime soon. Oh, really? Uh, he also coached at a D2 school in Oregon. I can't remember which school it is, uh, but he had some coaching experience up there. And I coached Kamehameha uh, years ago, and they won the state championship. I remember that as well. So I'm happy for Jesse. Great guy. He's done a good coach. Been a good coach, and I have a feeling he's going to try it to continue some local pipelines as far as getting local players to HBU to play basketball. I like that a lot. Yeah, all right, very good. Uh, okay, where are we here? It's 8.38 with uh, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman, or Gary Dickman and Chris Hart if you're going westbound on the freeway. Uh, weather today, we got a few morning showers today, but uh, trade's going to be picking up as the afternoon goes on. I think it's going to be hot again. Yesterday was hot, and it's going to be a little sticky today as well. So get ready for that type of weather the next couple of days here on Oahu. You know what today is? I forgot to tell you. Uh, besides, um, you know, National Volkswagen Bus Day. <laughs> that's my dream car. I'd love to have that. Hank Tafasau. Uh, 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 Hank out there, he's had the same uh, He's had the same Volkswagen bus for, gosh, it's got to be 40 years, over 40 years, and it still looks great. Who's Hank? Hank is my classmate, Tim oh. Tafasau's dad. Uh, he was also a, uh, one of our uh, uh, football coaches at uh, Puno. Anyway, uh, he, had, he started that bar. Is it called Hank's Bar downtown? Oh, okay. I know that place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Anyway, uh, so it's, you know, I've always wanted to have one of, those, one of those, uh, those buses. We used to have one as a child. I guess in the 70s it was like a hippie thing to do. But, yeah, I, I think my parents were hippies. I'm, you know, <laughs> looking back at old photos and going, eh. Really? Yeah. I guess so. Anyway, uh, besides that, uh, National Gun Awareness Day, speaking of John Morant. But uh, today is National Leave the Office Early Day. Today is a day we're all to leave the office early. Now, a third of Americans work more than 40 hours a week. So here's your chance to sneak out, take a little time for yourself. In fact, we'll write you a note here at the radio station if you get in trouble. But today is the day to leave the office early. Which means traffic on this Aloha Friday will start a lot earlier than normally. Hopefully. I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> the the is, goal is to have better, more traffic. More traffic. Well, you're going tra to have traffic regardless. Yeah, so right. let's have a traffic jam at noon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you notice, now I'm not sure, uh, uh, what I've noticed here. Uh, working at the office after we're off the air doing other jobs at the radio station is that the email activity is next to nothing on Fridays. The, in other words, there's a lot of communication going back and forth in different departments Monday through Thursday. Yet on Friday, nobody seems to be on their computers. <laughs> Could we be celebrating National Leave Office Early Day every Friday? 
I was going to I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So maybe last week must have been even worse with the long weekend. Memorial Day, but maybe I don't know. I took early. off that day. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You didn't leave the work early, leave the work office early. You just didn't even arrive. I walk. I left early on Thursday. I, I went out to Coalina and I got sunburnt, so it's like a week later. I don't know how I put the stuff on, but you know what's bad when you when you don't have any hair, and you start to your the top of your head gets sunburnt. Even though I wore a hat, I guess when I'm jumping in the pool and stuff or hanging at the beach. I, I take my hat off from time to time for whatever reason. Should have left it on because now my head is peeling. So now wherever I go, people are all, "Hey, that Chris Hart, nice guy, but he's got a dandruff problem." <laughs> Did you take? He's off- got no those noticeable flakes. He's got to do something about that. Did you take off your hat while swimming, maybe to impress, you know, maybe the ladies around? No, well, that was why I'd put on more of a hat if I wanted to impress <laughs> the ladies. Good point. Anyway. Let's talk about sports on the radio. What else is going on? Well, I mean, we got Major League Baseball getting uh, ready for, well, not really the All-Star break yet, but they're not that far away. I wanted to bring up something real quick because a couple of days ago, we were, but might have been when you were gone, but um, Zion Pullen from, uh, from was it Riverside, I believe, entered the transfer yeah. portal. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we were hopeful. I know people even oh, tweeted, texted in. Oh, he entered the transfer portal. I thought he entered the draft. No, no, he entered the transfer portal. Uh, oh, so, okay. And I know people were texting in hoping he would consider Hawaii if he's going to stay in the Big West. Yeah, why not? I saw a national article yesterday with his choices. He's narrowed it down to five, and he's got LSU, LSU, Stanford, Michigan, and Florida. The four. I can't remember the fifth one. So all power five schools. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like he's going to be staying in the Big West, which is. Well, you know, look, John Morant. I mean, he went to where did Murray, Murray State. State? Right, right. He went to Murray State. You, 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 uh, where did Damian Lillard go? Weber State. Okay, you don't need to go to LSU or something to prove your worth. You play for Hawaii, and you dominate the Big West, and you'll be a lottery pick. But you know what I think even more so? It's NIL money at those schools is going to be ah. more than the Big West. That's what I was ah. thinking when I said Again, I don't, let's, for example, let's say he goes to Florida. They just got a transfer who played here in the Diamond Head from Iona. Uh, um, I'm getting Walter's last name now. Uh, but he, was, he wanted to go to uh, St. John's with Bettino, Mac Player of the Year. He goes to Florida. That's where he's from. They got right. a lot of good players on a lot of these top 20 type Power 5 schools, like a Michigan as an example. I don't know right now if he would, if he would go to any of those schools that he would start right away and we saw drew bugs go to missouri that wasn't nil related but mm. when you see a guy go from a like i think somebody from the big west went to alabama and i can't remember if it's the irvine player i believe it is one of the irvine players a right cell from fullerton but you might not play a lot you might not start i should say but the nil money or the difference in nil money i would imagine from those power five schools to mid majors in basketball is probably pretty uh extreme pretty big pretty much a bigger amount that you're going to probably go there even if you don't start because if Poland stays in the big west he might be the best player in the conference probably would be top five easy was last year but as an example of players leaving these mid-major conferences to go to power five i think a lot of it if not the majority of it is NIL related. And we understand that. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong, but it that's, does hurt the group of five or mid-major schools, I think, in both sports, football and basketball. And that's, But that's just college basketball. That's college sports now. Yep. I mean, this is, this is what people were either looking forward to or what people were afraid of. 
I think, afraid of in a way that would have the disparity, the separation even more. And, mm. I mean, again, it's, it's, I think it's for the right reasons. I mean, I'm glad they're getting money. I'm not against that at all. The dollar amounts are sometimes outrageous. But you don't blame them, but it does have more separation. I think the good part, though, we talked about it yesterday with Paul Biancardi from ESPN.com, is that more players are going to stay in school because the NIL money, I mean, there was a WN, uh, the player from LSU said she's not going in the WNBA draft because she makes more money at LSU than the WNBA rookie contract. Right. Now, that's not going to be necessarily the same for the NBA and D1 men players. But for but, all WNBA, this is actually a great thing for college basketball. Because what do they make? Fifty or sixty thousand dollars a season in the WNBA? Probably around there. It's as a not. Rookie. It's yeah. I mean, it's not six figures. I'll tell you that much. Right. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you're right about. Yeah. They're not be, making a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Not not as a rookie. It can't be. So I, I think it's good for the sport that players will stay longer. And I'm glad they're, they're getting money and they don't, they're don't they not being forced to leave. I think some players – I remember Larry Hughes, a player from St. Louis years ago, after his freshman year at St. Louis that he's going pro. You know, he lasted a while. And I thought at the time, what a fool. You're not going to be as good as if you stayed in college a year or two. But as it turns out, he needed money. His family needed money because his younger brother was going through a heart transplant. Right. No, we, yeah, we've heard the story at, uh, from time to time over the years. But at the same time – this, I guess, is an overall good thing then for college basketball. Remember when I said, okay, it's either, you know, some people fear it, some people don't. Now, it's a good thing because maybe your top players like uh, Zach Eady stay their senior years in the uh, college basketball. Right. But then again, you're going to have a more of a haves and have nots with the NHL. By the way, uh, let me plug the Rainbow Collective. Um, and it is, uh, um, gosh, the website again was, it was Rainbow Collective NIL. I think it's rainbowcollective.com. I'll double check on that. But There's an NIL in there, uh, in, in the, uh, website, but, uh, let's check. You can Google, just Google Rainbow Collective. Yeah. And, uh, you can give to help out with some of these NILs to one and little is 10 bucks a month. Hey, you know what? I'm going to, you know, for it, it's more expensive for a Netflix, uh, subscription. <laughs> I think it's more expensive for a for a Jamba Juice or a Starbucks. <laughs> Ten bucks a day, right? Yeah. Ten bucks a day. That'll get you most of a plate lunch nowadays, right? Yes. Ten bucks. Ten bucks a day. Ten bucks a, a month, and that go, every little bit helps. Check out the Rainbow Collective if you're a fan and you're fortunate enough to be able to donate. They'll take bigger amounts, of course, too. But heck, ten bucks a month, and uh, you'll be a supporter. And you get a little something-something back, too, I believe. Anyway, check out the website. Hey, uh, we haven't gotten to texts. We can do that coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. But I want to let you know about our bulletin board and Aloha United Way, connecting people, resources, and organizations to positively impact every member of our community. You can join them and change tomorrow today. You can donate, you can volunteer, or start a work came, uh, workplace campaign but yourself visit auw.org and this message brought to you by the good guys at hawaii usa federal credit union and espn honolulu
All right, happy National Leave Office Early Day. You know what your job is to do today. We want a traffic jam at noon. It's Aloha <laughs> Friday. Let's go for it. Hey, by the way, before we get to our text, did you know that junk food before bed ruins your sleep? Did you know about this? I am guilty of that. I used to be really guilty of that, but I wasn't aware that it ruins your sleep. Mm. Why, yes. why does it ruin your sleep? I Well, according to a Swedish study, uh, like if you like eat pizza or like a, a big bowl of cereal before going to bed, um, you don't sleep that well. Actually, it, it's, you have slower brain waves and a sign of less restorative sleep, and you're, which makes you groggier in the morning. So don't ruin your weight. Well, and they're really saying, yeah, but don't eat before you go to bed because yeah. I guess for whatever reason, you know, it messes you up. Although it's so good to eat, and then you're full, and then you just sleep it off. Yeah. Yeah, but it's what Thanksgiving's for. It's like everything else. Yeah, but Thanksgiving, you're sleeping at 3 p.m. and waking up again. To eat again, of course. Best of both worlds. Uh, Thank you for your texts at 808-296-1420. And I was looking, we were talking about Father's Day earlier and how fathers don't get the same love that moms do on Mother's Day. Obviously, check out a restaurant on June 18th. It's not going to be packed. So I said, what do you what do you do for dad? Somebody said, you take him fishing. You take him to go play golf. Somebody else says, here's a great um, uh, a gift. Outdoor clothing and camping, hiking, outdoor activities gear. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't regarding Father's Day. That was Patagonia. Yeah, yeah. We were wondering what a Patagonia is because it's one of the most popular brands in the country. And that's what they have, outdoor clothing. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, golfing and fishing again there. Um, you were talking about the non-conference schedule, Gary. we got a question. Yeah. Is that based on non-conference? Uh, you were talking about the ranking of uh, uh, strength of schedule. It's- they're wondering, They're wondering. is that non-conference only because Hawaii uh, does not play Boise or Fresno. And Fresno should be the cream of the crop, they say, even though Jake Hayner's gone. It was based on non-conference. I mean, the, the the conference schedule is pretty similar for everybody, but not totally, obviously, not playing every team, but it was based on non-conference. Oh, here's a great text. Here's the text of the day. 86 days until UH football. 3,650 days until we break ground for the new Aloha Stadium. You hope? He's optimistic, yeah. I think it's actually 85 days today because it's uh, – 84 when we get to Saturday. But, yeah, it's coming close. But, yeah, the Ohio State, we said similar things about the rail. It's ready to open in less than a month week here. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the 3650, but I, I hope so. I hope so. I'm, I'm curious about the rail because it's supposed to start now. June 30th is the day they're going to open it up. And I thought for, like, the first month it was free. Then I saw something that said for the first four hours it's free. Now I'm confused. So I think it's till July 4th, if I'm not mistaken. Like five days. Four to five oh, okay. days it will be, yes. Okay. Somewhere in the middle. And anyway, it, uh, June 30th comes, and we'll be all, oh, great. It's actually July 1st. Yes. Look what happened. Yes. Okay, what's on the docket today here on ESPN Honolulu? Well, we have Artie Wilson coming up next. Get his thoughts on the NBA Finals with On Point. And then, of course, we've got Kanoa Leahy. Let's talk sports at noon. And Josh and Hunter off the bench at 3 p.m. All right, we'll see you Monday. This is ESPN Honolulu.